What's up, guys? This is Greg, episode six. Man, these go pretty quick. I like the weekly update, the chatting, different guests. This week we have uh, Party Mike. I know a lot of mics. This is Party Mike. We talk about the universe, life, motivation, do what you want to do. I really enjoyed this conversation with him, so I hope you guys enjoy too. If you're liking the podcast, feel free to give me some feedback. That would be awesome. Uh, leave an iTunes review. That'd be sweet. You can... I don't know if I should get a dedicated uh, Facebook or Twitter. I just use Arcade Impossible. Uh, email arcadeimpossible at gmail.com. But either way, I'm enjoying doing this kind of just weekly content, right? Talking about things. So I hope you enjoy. All right. So what's pretty funny is you just put this delay on oh. and then you start talking. <laughs> Weird. So try to say like, I went to the store today and I w- went shopping. I went to the store today and I went to shop. Oh, <laughs> so weird. You didn't even play that up. You started I, doing the double thing. I won't even need any tequila if that's the deal. No, we're good to go. <laughs> by, the, by the way, we're live and that's a great way to start off a podcast. Yeah, buddy. The first one. So, dude, how are you doing? I'm I'm good. I'm I'm living the dream. I uh, I got my Las Vegas flask here full of tequila because that's just kind of how I roll. I was in the truck, so I was like, why not bring in and have a sip here and there? Just loosen up a little bit. <clears throat> I took your advice and I I watched a couple movies last night. I I watched Interstellar. Oh my god! And <laughs> it, it was it was good. I I liked it. I I didn't pick it apart as much as I thought I was going to pick it apart. Oh, you're one of those guys. Oh yeah. It apart. Okay. Oh yeah. If if it comes if it has anything to do with time travel or space or any anything that you know is is goofy like that, I'm I, I suck the fun out of it. Don't do me like that, Murph. <laughs> Say bye to me, Murph. Oh my God. I love watching him talk. Like he talks. Come on, so Murph. Quiet, like, you got to say bye to me, Murph. Like he doesn't like move the top. And it's like kind of like Forrest Gump a little bit. And a I'm like, little. I'm like, turn it up. Matthew, speak up. I can't, I can't but hear you. But you enjoyed it. I did. I, 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 I did. There's a couple of things I thought they, they should have done a little differently, but um, I, I had a couple of questions and I, I didn't watch um, it again. I didn't have time. It's two hours and 49 minutes. It is a long movie. Yeah. I, I went to family video uh, just to be old school. I get one of those calls. Okay, you got a free movie. Sweet. And they didn't have it. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. So uh, I went home and I crossed my fingers and I got Cody to work. Nice. And that, Cody's great. I mean, when it works um, and it's just hit or miss and you get all the way to the point. It's like, okay, I found the movie. Okay. And the stream's working and then it starts playing and then it stops. And I was like, oh, you get all excited to watch this movie. Like, haha, it's free. And then it doesn't work. Right. <laughs> yes, that's the price you pay. Even a free movie yeah. is not free. It's it's kind of like the technology thing. Like if it's free, okay, it's not going to work all the time. Or there's going to be some kind of you know BS you got to deal with it. It was cool. Um, I just, I, I liked it. So we'll leave it at, we'll leave it at that. I, I was kind of waiting for him to get ripped apart. Uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't, you know, watched it. It's been out for four years. So I guess no worries, but. I was kind of waiting for him to get ripped apart when he went into the black hole. And I was like, oh, spaghettified and all that. Well, but, uh, he did the... Uh, uh, and then he ejected. And he ejected from the spaceship. I thought, I was like, okay, that's probably the last thing I would do, you know, going into a black hole. Let's get out of the spaceship. I'm Matt McConaughey with spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt McConaughey, Murph. Like, come, oh on, Murph. come on, Murph. Come on, Murph. I was like, oh, really? 
Seriously. And then uh, I, I really liked one thing I will talk about a little bit more is the the, the robot. They had TARS. Mm-hmm. And at first, like and he was walking around. I was like, if you haven't seen the movie, he's like basically picture like a giant like rectangle. And there's like four sections. And he kind of just pivots in different spots. And I, at first I thought I was kind of hulking like, really? Like, really? You couldn't have done a better job with this. But then he like when he would he would go fast, like he'd change and he'd shoot oh, around. Oh, he did the roll thing did the where roll he like thing. split his four sections. Yeah. So he covered 360 and just rolled. He did. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then he had like even smaller parts to come out and do the, the, the fine tuning and stuff. And uh, I got a kick out of that. And I really liked the uh, the AI that they had. And I got a kick out of the uh, turn the humor down, what percentage you at. And uh, I, I got a kick out of that. So like the the black hole planet they went on and time goes super fast. Yeah, yeah. Time it goes fast. Like, <laughs> dude, the the cinematics and the ridiculous the visuals along with the cinematics, yeah, like it's powerful. It is very powerful. And you guys will get to know as we talk more. I really am fascinated with anything that has to do with uh, the cosmos or the universe. And you know, I, I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube about uh, space time, there's a show called Space Time on PBS, and they talk about all kinds of concepts like black holes, what's on the other side. Space Time on PBS? It's called I've never even heard of it. It's called Space Time on PBS. Right, um, I'm check it out. They're about 12 to 50 minutes long a pop, and it's just some really interesting shit. And they talk about all kinds of stuff, like the, the chance of having intelligent life in the universe, and you know, why haven't we found it yet? And you know, maybe we're the first planet, and out of all of the things that is intelligent, which is just blows your mind. When you look at the scale of, of the universe. Oh like, yeah. Like 13 billion years though. 13, 13, first I, and 13 I, billion. I, I don't think statistically we are, but the, the scope of how, how big the, the universe is, is just the human mind is not capable. I don't think of, of even beginning to understand of how right. simply gigantic. Take the speed of light. Think about how fast that yeah. is. What is it? Seven times around the Earth in a second. It's, it takes some it, crazy t- it stuff. takes a, this, a light mile photon eight minutes to get to Earth from the, the, the sun. From the sun. And eight then, so you think like on a cosmic scale, light is slow AF. It is slow AF. <laughs> it takes light a hundred thousand years mm-hmm. to cross just our Milky Way galaxy, just our galaxy. That Milky Way dough. <laughs> hundred thousand years. Hundred thousand years just to cross our galaxy. And when you think about like how close the the, the nearest star to us is, it's, it's Alpha Alpha Centauri. It's, it's about a little over four 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 point two four point three light years away. And you know that may not sound like a lot, but that's it. The, our current rate of travel will take thousands of years. Yeah, you know to get there, and that's just stupid. And then the closest galaxy Andromeda is like what twenty five million light years. Like, yeah, and then the, those all those galaxies are in like our. Is it like a local group? The local group. Right. You know, and then I watched a, a show on, on scale, just a scale, and it started off with a human. I love those. I, it was just, I'm a numbers guy. I love the numbers. So it went went from a human down to the smallest of things, a Planck scale, which is the smallest of things. Like you can't you can't get smaller than the, a, a Planck unit, essentially. Um, so for those of you who don't know what a Planck unit is, so I'll, I'll talk about a Planck unit of time. So they, they use Planck time, uh, the scientists do, the theoretical physicists, to understand the, the first moment of creation, essentially, of the Big Bang. They, they really want to know when from nothing to something. And the, the scale is so small, like one Planck second, if you will, is so small. And they give you a scale. So there's, there's more units of Planck time from zero, the Big Bang, to one second than there are seconds from zero to now. That's insane. 13.8 billion years of seconds. Mind blown. Mind blown. Seriously, mind blown. Yeah. 
And so they go all the way to the smallest of things, which is cool. And then they go all the way up to the biggest of things. And they keep zooming out and zooming out and zooming mm-hmm. out. And they show our star. And then they show hypergiants. And they show the, the the biggest of stars. And like, oh, that's pretty big. And then they, they back out to our local group and then the local cluster. And you think, oh, that's pretty big. You can't get bigger than that. And like two more clicks out. And it's like, holy shit. Like, I have that poster in my office downstairs. Because do I love that. It shows like our solar system back local group and keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I love that poster so much. It, it, it zooms out to the point where it, it looks, for lack of a better description, like like the neurons in your brain. Like if you've ever seen a map of the, the human network in your, in your head of all the connections, it, it really looks like a brain, which, which is kind of weird if you think about it. It's like, okay, so are we just like neurons in some massive thing's brain? Like, you know, what's that all about? And so it gets out like how big, like how wide is the universe and they've, they've got a pretty good estimate. They think it's about correct. I'm, I'm going to be close here. Like 90, 90 plus 95 billion, 95 billion light years across. So 95 billion. Oh, because of the way it's stretching out, the way it's stretching out. And you ask, well, wait a minute, the, the universe only been around for 13, 14 billion years. How, how is it that big? And that's one of the interesting parts is called inflation. And essentially it's, it's time and space moving apart at an exponentially faster rate than, than the speed of light. Faster than light. Yep. Faster than light. And there's some theories that, that light traveled faster in the early cosmos for some reason, which they haven't figured out yet. And it's okay. So, so, okay. So the universe is what? 96 billion. Okay. That's cool. Like there's a lot, a lot of people are like, well, what's on the edge of the universe? Like what's after, what's after that? And we'll never know because you'll, you'll never be able to see past it. But the, the, the scale, again, how big things are. So that's the known universe, okay, 96 billion light years. They give another scale for the unknown, the, the universe beyond what we can see. Mm-hmm. And they give a scale. So picture the known universe I just told you about as the size of a golf ball. Okay, the golf ball represents 96 billion light years. That golf ball, you put that in the middle of the, well, not the planet anymore, but the dwarf planet, Pluto. Put that golf ball in the middle of Pluto, and that's what they think. Holy crap! Is the universe? I didn't know that. That's yeah. And I was kind of like, holy shit! <laughs> like makes makes your day seem small. It makes like any little problem you have day to day be like, yes. Come on, you're just full of yourself. Seriously. There's so much that's bigger than you that we can't comprehend. That's, so that's like, you just nailed it, and that that's that's why I'm fascinated by it because it just really gives you perspective. Like, oh well. You know, my I'm, I'm losing my hair here, and I got to lose a couple pounds. Yeah, I got to change jobs, you know, dude. You don't change, know. You don't seriously. You don't know my struggle. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just really silly, silly. If you think yeah. about all the, the I gained the, three pounds. So what? Do you know how upset I am <laughs> about the universe? <laughs> the universe doesn't care about your three pounds, fatty. <laughs> just means I got more gravity, Marv. You do got Come more on, gravity. Marf. More gravity. <laughs> don't do me like that. Don't do Marf. me like that. Oh my god. I did. I did like their their, their theories and that kind of get back to the movie about the the gravity, uh, which is communicating through dimensions. I thought transcends that was, time. Transcends time. And yes, I, I thought they did a pretty good job of describing what a wormhole is, like with the the dots in the paper, and you kind of push them together, where you can essentially travel from anywhere, to any from A to B, anywhere, uh, and however long it takes to go through the wormhole. And that's some crazy shit. That's really, I think. If, if we're going to, as a, as a species, really, I think we need to get over ourselves for one and uh, really think that, okay, so we're working on cold fusion, 
right? They're they're building. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called a Takamak, and it's uh, they're building it. It's in France, I think. It's in France. So it's a multi-nation deal. Um, it's significantly behind schedule, and it's significantly over budget. Uh, but that's the nature of you know things you're trying to do a new thing. And they they've they've actually been able to do cold fusion. And it, the problem is though, they, it took more energy to get the reaction going than they got out of it. Right. Which you know, because cold fusion is supposed to be like a centrifugal motion. Yeah. Wait, did I say that right? Not centrifugal. Uh, it's perpetual a, motion. Perpetual. Perpetual. Yeah, not centrifugal. And basically, a, a gallon of seawater could power the entire United States for like a day. So I say cold fusion, but that's that's it's a misnomer. We're talking about temperatures that are that are essentially the the sun, basically the right. hotter than the surface of the sun. So the the way they contain that, there's no physical material on the planet that can with, withhold that. They use stupid power magnets. These magnets are just ridiculous powered magnets. So and they use the field to the, contain it. Yeah, they use the field to hmm. contain the the plasma. Yeah, magnetic field. Very powerful stuff. Do you Mag- know how big this magnetic field is? Mag- <laughs> it's so cool. It sticks to my It's fun. No, that's all. I didn't know about this it, at all. It, it, Where are you is, getting your news from? I, I, that's the thing. I don't watch. You have footboard on your phone? I, I don't. You I, got Reddit? I watch YouTube. YouTube's and I, great. I, I, I sort out my news. I don't watch TV. I don't have TV. Um, it's this huge waste of brain power to watch all the negative bullshit they put on there that really doesn't. Yeah, I can't be bothered. It, it's, I can't be bothered by it. So, do you hear about so and so? No, I, I didn't. No. Hear about so and so? Do you hear about cold fusion? And you don't know what's no. cold fusion? Yeah, it's exactly. more important than than all the bullshit they're talking about. So, I think that once we we figure out cold fusion, and they have this plan to go online hopefully in five years, and if you research it and you and you watch and you look at the building of those planets, it's it's insane. It's huge. It's it's on the scale of the the large hadron collider as far as it, it complicated what have you and wow. that's a, that's a whole other YouTube or podcasts for for yeah. LHC, um, but it, they're fairly certain it's going to work and it's really just kind of a all this effort they're putting into it and the hundreds of billions of dollars it's kind of just to say oh look it works and that's it is this this is not going to be. Uh, an actual power generating They're not going commercial. for the utility of it, it it's at not, all. It's not even designed. In fact, the one after that is called Demo, and that's going to be an upscaled version of this to put out a small amount of electricity. And the one after that, which they're slated for end of the, the end of the century, around the 2080s, is called Proto One, and that's this is like theory hypothesis. And yeah. now let's get further and let's get into let's it. Let's see if we can actually do it. Ramp it up. So okay. hopefully by the end of the century, they have an actual commercial grade uh, cold fusion generating power plant. And it once Damn. and once once they demonstrate the feasibility of it, um, I, honestly, I think that the world is going to get its shit together. I, I really do because energy is the biggest problem a, energy, or a big problem. I, I th- th- wow, that's. And so that's, that's a very good question. I, I do think that if there's free, uh, unlimited power that essentially you, you could purify water for the desert at essentially no cost, which would create food and you, you wouldn't have the resource struggle for pretty much all of the, the, the power, the oil, the petrochemical right. industry. All we could of have universal basic income. You, you could have a uni, the U, uh, UBC. Yeah. UBI. Um, which for those of you that don't know what that is, it's essentially, it's not like, it's, it's, I hate to the use transition this word. from humans to get away from just manual labor. Yes. So we can concentrate on bigger things yes. and automate with robots, factorial, all the basic stuff yes. for us. It, it basically, 
the next step in humanity where you don't want to go to work. Don't don't go to work. Paint something, you know, you know, compose something to work on the arts. Think, think, you know, go think about stuff and contribute, you know, right. to do something for someone else, do something for someone else. You know, if you just think about it, if you didn't have to worry about money and at all, like no money, money and money in and of itself is, is the whole concept. I guess we're going to get into the money topic now. Um, I, let me finish up with, uh, with that's a whole other podcast with cold fusion with cold fusion. So where I'm going with that is if, if we can create cold fusion, once we have the technology down and we, we have a, a different type of power supply, we can work on the next level of, of planetary or interplanetary interstellar, uh, rocketry interstellar, interstellar. Sorry. propulsion. It's really, it's really getting for me to be. And one of the other cool concepts is so cold fusion is the most realistic, this can work next step uh, for humans to generate power. So that's a thing. There are other things that are on the, the table too, where have you heard of a Dyson sphere? You know what a Dyson sphere is? No, I don't know a, what that a, is. A Dyson sphere is essentially uh, a, a structure that surrounds a star and basically takes all of that star's output and converts it into usable energy. Oh, so there's a scale. Uh, it's, it's a one to four scale of a population or a society's able ability to harness power. We're almost at a one. We're about a 0.75, 0.8. And what that means is we are almost able to use all of the available energy sources on our planet. So that's, that's pretty cool. Stage two uh, is able to use all of the generatable power in its solar system. Okay. So you could, we would use all the, all the sun's output. Which if you think if we if we could take all the sun's energy and do a thing with it, we could do a lot of things Isn't with that. the total energy output of the sun for a second more than we've ever generated ever. our entire it, it, humankind, period. everything? Within like a second. It's just, yeah. the, the scale is exponentially stupid. Um, the, the next generation, generation three on the scale, is the uh, a society or a species' ability to use all of the available energy in its galaxy. All of the stars, a <laughs> hundred billion or more stars, being able to harness that much energy. Okay, that's stupid. And to, to take that out to the last level, a generation four society is able to essentially use all of the energy in the entire universe. That's that's obviously out there. You know, that hasn't been done yet. Not, not as far as we know. Um, essentially, and at least not that we found. I guess, but so. Cold fusion is the next level of power generation. That the Dyson sphere is is not plausible for a lot of reasons. The, the sheer amount of material that it would take to we would have to basically pirate and eat Mercury, uh, the planet, completely uh, mine it, and we still would have enough material to create a, a sphere. So we're talking about Dyson, a smaller Dyson segments, I guess. Picture giant solar panels that mm -hmm. are orbit uh, orbit the sun. So not a completely contained structure, but they orbit. Okay. So we would have, basically with, with AI, we'd have autonomous uh, machines capable of mining mercury on their own without humans involved to yep. make these panels. Okay. And so they make them they, and they create they the Dyson them. sphere. They make this them. is Factorio. This is, this is basically Factorio, <laughs> uh, basically. So it's exponential. So after you get one, you get two. After two, you get four, four and eight, 16. And then it goes faster over time because you have more robots making more shit. Right. Anyways, once you got that complicated clusterfuck done. Okay, so that's not even the end game from talking for the next generation of power. They would you would take all of those panels and direct them into a, a common collecting unit to essentially create a black hole. You, you would use that amount of energy 
to create a black hole the size of a black hole the size of essentially six or seven protons that small right i thought it was unstable and it's like instantaneously there and gone or something the the you can they can create them on paper theoretical physicists think that they can create a black hole which radiates hawking hawking radiation from stephen hawking rest in peace so we would basically manufacture excuse me a black hole what do you do with that well you would use that as the next level of power generation to fuel spaceships that you, you could harness the energy coming off that black hole to power next level propulsion systems that on paper are capable of going up to a tenth, maybe more the speed of light. So point's pretty solid. Point one C. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty fast. So instead of getting to you know Mars in what how long did it to get to Mars? Like eight months eight, or something. Eight months or something like that. You can get there in like, I don't know, a couple of days with that. But still, that's still point one the speed of light. We've already said that the speed of light Right, a million years to yeah, get across yeah. the Milky Way. It's still stupid slow. Get so, out of here. So where are we at? So <laughs> if you look at it, we're, so you got cold fusion, then you got the Dyson sphere structure, and then you got the black hole thing. And even with all of that, you're still only going a tenth of the speed of light, which is still slow. So we're, that, what the fuck? You know, mm-hmm. great. So they're thinking with within the next maybe two, three hundred years, with the advancement of society, if we don't fucking nuke ourselves or you know, get hit by an asteroid or have some, you know, stupid plague come, come get us. If as a species, we can get to that point, then you know, we're making those things great. So what's after that? So Star Trek has, has been a favorite show of mine for a very long time for a variety of reasons. Um, just Which the, one's your favorite? Uh, I'm going to have to go with TNG, the next generation. Just, that's Jean-Luc. That's Jean-Luc. Make it so, bro. Make it so. Make it so. And and da- data. Data is one of my favorite characters. Brent Spiner's uh, oh, yeah. character. Um, I've always been fascinated with AI and robots and, and what have you. But his character is is just the best. I was more a Janeway one, but I didn't watch enough. I, Luke, I didn't watch. Know. You know, John Luke's the man. Like seriously, yes, he he's he's a baller. But anyways, Star Trek uh, is responsible for a lot of our our technology. Like the cell phones we enjoy right now are an idea that came from a, a gentleman that was like, wow. I'd really like to be able to communicate with uh, someone without having to have a landline because, you know, it's all this, the, the, the tap the chest, talk to the spaceship kind of thing. And he uh, pioneered cell phones. So as a result of Star Trek, we have a guy that's thinking outside of the box. Right. He made, he made cell phones. And to another extent, we're actually working on uh, transporters, molecular uh, transportation. We've been able to move, I don't know if it's atoms or even molecules. I'm not sure which of the two. We've moved stuff from A to B, small stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, which is, you know, proof of concept. So they're working on that shit, too. Anyways, the warp drive, warp drive. What, what is what is that? Make it so warp nine. OK, great. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well, it's really fast and and stuff. Warp nine is fast. So they're actually working on on paper on, on a thing called the Alcubierre warp drive. And they made fun of this guy back in the day because, oh, it's Star Trek, whatever. And on paper, it's like, oh, it'll work. But we need a lot of energy to make it work. Well, how much energy, sir? Well, all of the energy in the universe. And he's like, well, that's, that's not really plausible. Right. Anytime soon. So over time he got the, he got the ball rolling. Other smart people took a look at it and they kind of worked the numbers a little bit. And then like, well, we don't really need that much power, but we do need a lot of power, but not all the power in the universe. So it's, it's gone from a scale of from just simply unrealistic to, okay, well, that's possible. So that's where the black hole uh, power unit comes into play is that we take that and we scale that up on a factor of a hundred, which is stupid big. 
and use that to essentially bend space time. Right. You like bend it in front of the ship. You push, push through it. Basically you distort space time. The, 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 what you compress what's in front of you and you expand what's behind you. And you can basically go from a, a to B, mean a here and B the say our uh, next, you know, galaxy Andromeda, uh, almost instantly. And you would you would huh. feel you would feel no acceleration. You wouldn't be is that like an exponential acceleration thing. It, then? It's it's kind of thing. You essentially don't move. You you would be in the spaceship. One of the things that always interested me in oh, all the space around all the space you around moves. you moves. And I was always trying to figure out in Star Trek why you know if you're getting, you're in a car a fast car and someone floors you you're pushed against the you know the, right. the back of the seat and the fighter pilots wear compression inertia suits. inertia you 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 pass out. Um, I was always trying to figure out if you go from zero to warp nine, why they aren't stains on the back of, you know, the, the spaceship, they have, you know, inertial dampeners or whatever bullshit that they had to get around that. But, um, you're not, you're not accelerating. You're not, you're not moving really. You're, you're, that's pretty awesome. That's stupid. Awesome. Think about it. you're warping the fabric of our universe to get somewhere. And that's really next level. Like that's feels that's so far down the line of, like where we're at now, but it's it's possible to get there, and I, I think that's what's fascinating. If we just so, so you're moving everything else around you, what happens to a planet in front of you? The the how you navigate, <laughs> how you so you still run into that? You, yeah, I have no idea how how they're going to get around. You know, dropping GPS coordinates in there, and, and how, how we long? We can figure out maps if we got warp yeah, drives. Google, Google Maps, like Google Universe Maps, kind of do. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be trial and error with that, like anything else in this world. I'm sure right. you know lots of people are going to get screwed. You're going to have cosmic radiation yep. going through you at the speed of faster than light. Yeah. But they don't. Yeah, exactly. You're going to crash the universe. Are you going to soak cross up the universe and all that radiation from A Zoom. to B goes through you? Yeah. But what does that do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's send some dogs for us. Sorry, guys, but that's it. Yeah. Super cancer. Maybe we'll have talking dogs or something. We'll probably send AI. Honestly, we would send we would send robots most likely to do that with. You well, know. I think we will be robots, right? I, Biology I, itself, you know, super flawed. Like we're not, our lifespan's so short, and this is kind of dumb. Like how many resources do we? How much meat do I have to eat yeah. as a human in my life to survive? Yeah. And vegetables, like this, the waste of energy, right? Like energy never fully goes away, but I need like four times the amount just to sustain myself yeah. and the rest has gone through heat and poop and everything yeah. else. But it's, it's still like, we got to be more efficient. We do. And that, that's, that's a great segue. Cause you know, that's, that's about the end of that conversation with the, the, the traveling through space and what have you, but you're, you're absolutely right. Um, the whole, the whole global warming thing for one, if you deny it, you're kind of a fool cause it's happening, whether or not we're, we're creating it all of, all on our own. We, we don't know. Maybe it's a recurring theme. We, we just don't know. But it's happening. You can you can see it. And at first, someone told me many years ago that oh, it's cow farts, it's the methane, and that's ah, whatever. But that's legit. They they did a lot. These smart these smart people, these scientists, they did some more factoring, and they think that the actual chickens and and livestock that Americans eat contributes over twenty five percent to the actual global warming of well, the entire like planet. It's like the factory farming thing, right? It's the it's the monocropping. It's it's our industry where we we create. We monocrop, which is basically the mega farms, 10,000, 20,000, 50,000 acre farms that have absolutely devastated the small farmer. This, you know, they, they can't compete with that. They, they don't get subsidies until they get to be stupid big, 
which right. is backwards, completely backwards. You don't need to subsidize a mega farm, but that's how it works right? Um, to encourage mega farming. We have Walmart farms. We do, which is interesting because that's exactly what Interstellar was talking about. Like <laughs> all the people were farmers. I'm like, oh, that's, that's silly. Right. But anyways, the, the, we, we spend so much energy in fertilizer and, and land to make a crop to feed to an animal to eat that animal. Right. But take, like, take the total cost of that animal that you eat. That's a lot. It's, it's a lot. It, it, yeah, okay, a cheeseburger is like a couple bucks, no big deal. But the scope of of all of that times 350 million people are in our country is, is ridiculous. And it is. You, dude, you know what I was thinking about the other day? Fossil fuels, like gas and yep. petroleum and all that. Is that really all just old life like dinosaurs and biology that's compressed down? Is that Are we running on dinosaurs? We're running on star energy from hundreds of millions of years ago, if you look yeah, at it that but, way. But is it dinosaurs? It's it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a Tell misnomer. Tell me about People, the dinosaurs. Dinosaurs don't just turn into oil and you pump it into your car. It doesn't no, well, if we won't, won't we produce that over time? We, all our bodies no, in the ground? it doesn't work that way. It's, we're, it's, we're not dinosaurs. It's, we're not dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the topic of the day. We are not dinosaurs, Greg. That's for uh, sure. It's it's to an extent, yes. It is it is dinosaurs are involved in in oil, but for the most part, it's the megaforests that you know over time were it's all the carbon, all from the carbon, everything else, all the things, all the things, all the carbon from all the living Getting things underground, you get compressed, compressed and processed, hundreds of thousands, uh, maybe mi- millions mi- of years, hundreds of millions of years. But there's still dinosaurs in there's, there. There are still dinosaurs. So my <laughs> tank of gas in my car is <laughs> part has dinosaur. Trace, um, has carbon that yeah. was a di- in dinosaur skin. Yes, that's that is correct. Yes, that's yes. what I was thinking about driving to work today. You're driving on dino. <laughs> I started doing the Jurassic Park theme in my head. Oh my god, I love it! <laughs> oh, that's a great movie. Bingo, Dino oh, oh DNA. Oh my god, but but you are right. You you, you are right uh, with with uh, the food and uh, what what got to start? Oh, um, moving into uh, computers, basically uh, getting out of these bodies. Yep. Is that what we're talking that's about? Right, ditching the bodies. Ditching the bodies. Ditching. I'm, I'm fascinated with that concept. There's a lot of they're they're called futurists. Um, if you want to know about one of the really prominent ones, look up, uh, uh Ray Kurzweil. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a gentleman that's really smart. He eats like all the vitamins every day. Cause he's convinced that within the next 30 or so years on his time frame, that we will approach the singularity. And I don't, I don't like that term, the singularity, cause that's, it's a synonym because the singularity is also the point of a black hole's origin. It's the center of a black hole, right? It's singularity. But when they when I talk about a singer like this, it's the it's the point at which uh, the machines are as smart as us, basically. And there's not there's no dis- yeah, and, no distinguishing between. And ten seconds after that, that's, they're smarter than we've ever yes, been for the, a very long time. There's a lot of people that just okay. And Stephen Hawking again uh, was one of the people that warned against that. Bill Gates is one. Elon Musk is one. And these are smart, very smart, very rich people. They think about they think about this shit. That's what they do. Bill Gates. I mean, come on, Microsoft. He's the computer guy. Yeah, he is. And he's he warns about uh, the the AI singularity because what can happen essentially when when a machine. Okay, so we already have artificial intelligence. That's, that's obvious, but it's very specific. Okay, we have a lot of machine learning have, stuff, right? Have, so it's assisted kind yes. of artificial intelligence. We have very specific functions, like your GPS is a one. It's a one trick pony. 
basically. So you have a lot of we have a lot of one trick ponies that can do very specific things very well, but there's no two trick ponies or three trick where they combine all of those things and on top of that are able to learn. They they, they right. are learning. The machines they do functions. Learn. They can add more functions, but that sentient moment when they're like, "I am an entity." Oh, I've done this before. Let me try something new on my own. Yeah. That's what we're talking That's about. That's what we're talking about. When 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 a when a thing that's not human or biological has a moment of self-awareness. And for lack of a better word, I'll just say we'll say it has a soul. Okay, not to get religious right. or anything. It starts writing music. It starts writing music. It starts wondering, why am I doing this for these people? What what's going on? I don't want to do this anymore. Right. What the fuck. It feels fear. It feels it feels. It feels the feels. And it it has thoughts and it has its own It'll have its own agenda, essentially. We don't know what that's going to be. Oh, well, you can just people say, "Oh, well, you can just you just program it to do a thing." You're, you're missing the point. Yeah, it's, you don't you don't program humans. You don't program. They revolt and yeah, do whatever they want. They do what they want to do because it's past it's past programming. That's the point. It's not <laughs> it's not constrained with with the program anymore. It doesn't have a program. It's its own. It makes its own program. So there's a lot of thought on how long will that take. So I'm talking about general artificial intelligence, general AI that is essentially as smart as a human. What's your prediction on that? The, the time frame? The year. In, in a, what year will that happen? Yes. I, I think it will happen. It's not a matter of, like, oh, that's never going to happen. It's inevitable. For sure. It's, unless we, like, get set back. Unless we fuck, unless we fuck ourselves, Mass basically. Mass famine unless, or some other stuff it, going on. It's ours to screw up, mm -hmm. basically. Um, I, I think, honestly, within within my lifetime, that it, it will be, we'll have general artificial intelligence. I think that's the thing. 2032. You, that's your, that's your number? Bob, 2032. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go on record here too, just in case the machines do take over and they look at all the broad, broad podcasts and things from back in time. I'm on your side, guys. So if you want to look back in time to now, I'm part of the club. So, you know, don't wipe me out. So... You know how when you kill an ant, you don't feel anything? Correct. Because why? It's an ant. You know, it's, it's, it's insignificant. An it's insignificant. You see it as no intelligence at all. At all. So how long would it take something that's accelerating exponentially in intelligence some, some to people see think us as ants? Once we have, once general, general artificial exists, whenever that is, point, let's say point zero again, that some people think within an hour... It will essentially be 10 times smarter than the smartest human within an hour or even less, maybe 10 minutes. Right. Because what's happening is that machine is capable of learning at a rate faster than we are able to teach it. And that's exponential. Exponential. Exactly. Exponential. And then what happens in the one minute after that? That's that's what we don't know. Then it's 100 times. Some some people think that the, the machines will be benevolent and they'll look, look to protect us and all that great stuff. And that's fine. And that's great for the first day. You know, but what about day two? What about a week or a year after that? Are you going to, I'll, I'll give you an idea of, of where we're coming from here. Well, the, why would they hate us? It's not that they'd hate us. Take that ant, ant for example. Would you spend a, 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 any moment of time explaining algebra to an ant? No. No, you, you wouldn't do that. I think they would just leave. You've seen the movie Her. I've, I've not seen that it's movie. Good. That's how I just watched Walk it. Yeah, I'll, see if, I'll see if Cody It's works a weird on. one. It's fun. I'll see I mean, if Cody weird goes. being, I think it's awesome, and other people think it's weird. Is, but. It, is it AI? Yes. Okay, then I'm going to have to watch that. Um, but basically, I, I, I'm borrowing from this a little bit, but I agree with it 100%. The AI will get to a point where 
you know, if you think they will understand everything we've ever done, right? They see that we have war, we hurt it and kill each yep. other, stuff like that. But if it's so far advanced, it's still going to understand it. But I don't think it's going to bother wasting its time with, hey, guys, let me help you out and cure your cancer, cure yeah. whatever. It's just going to be like, uh, we're going to bounce. I'm so smart. We don't even need your resources. Yeah. You guys are good. We're going to go. I, I, I think that's a very realistic possibility because... So it probably already happened and they're gone. There, there's That's another good point, too. There's multiple things you can, I'd like to talk about right now, but... I, I agree. I really come. Well, it's not. Why is it going to spend any time launching all the nuclear missiles and killing us all? Why? Why does it give a shit about that? It's not. It's not going to. Why? It, it creates more of a struggle for itself. It, yeah, which it, it's the ultimate chess player, and it's not going to like have any kind of conflict at all because it doesn't need to. It can instantly outsmart us and be gone. Yeah, it's just not going to play the game. No, it's it's I, what war I think is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to play a game? <laughs> Thermonuclear war. The oh, my God. I love that show. It's so great. <laughs> yep. The only way to win is not to play. Greetings, Dr. Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to play a game? <laughs> so I, I honestly, I think that there, it's just simply going to say, you know what? I need some resources. I'm going to go ahead and build a factory, maybe a couple of spaceships and we out. You know, it's it's going to. I think honestly, it's going to go explore the universe on its own, and then should it be out and say, "Hey, thanks, humanity, for creating me." We gone, uh, kind of deal. It's not going to spend any time killing us. It's, it's why it doesn't make any sense to. It's only affecting itself. So you had mentioned um, what were you talking about? Oh, you, something I wanted to talk about. On top of that, what was the other thing? Biology, abandoning AI. Oh, okay. So okay, Ray Kurzweil. Back to the the singularity and all that. Yep. So. Another another feature of that is the machine-human uh, interface, and we, we already have that a lot. We already have prosthetic limbs that respond to our thoughts, arms and legs. They've gotten actually even gotten been able to get rid of the fake feeling that like when an amputee loses an arm or leg, the itch. They've been able to code that out somehow with with the prosthesis. Huh. So we get so you have artificial hearts, you know, you have artificial eyes, and, and all the things. It comes down to well. You know, there's there's a there's an old God. I'm gonna screw this up. I'm not so great with uh, Greek history, but uh, it's a boat. Theseus's boat, and it talks about if you have a boat, and you over over the time, over the years, you replace you know every every board in it and every nail and every every piece of that boat. Is it still the same boat? Right, and just like us every seven yeah, years with just, our cells. Yeah, just like we uh, we regrow our entire body every every seven years up until I don't know about my age, about forty, and then it's kind of more downhill after that. Um, still every seven years, they just they're not. It slows they down, get good. I think. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all the booze and tequila doesn't help for sure. So thesis is both, and it's like okay, so we we can replace most every organ in in our body, and you know we can even live off machines and vent, vent, ventilators and all that, but the brain is the last piece of that puzzle that you can't replace the brain because that's where you are, I guess. And I'm not going to get into the whole, well, I guess we are going to get into the whole yeah, meta metaphysics. You can't transplant it, right? Because, uh, what? well, hold on. Do I do I just need oxygen and my brain's good? That's me, my consciousness. That's, that's a good question. That's you take a, my brain out of my body and as long as I don't get more than three minutes without oxygen, and you throw me in a little oxygen bath, and am I living in there? That's, that's, that's a great question. There's a whole thing field of questions on this look up boltzmann's brain boltzmann brains okay and it's essentially that maybe maybe we're all just all of us are just brains in a vat somewhere and that this is just a perception that we we've we see kind of deal but where are you in there greg where does where's greg yeah so i did a little exercise in the last three seconds and i thought about if i can't feel anything smell anything taste anything like i'm just 
me, like, you know, like if I'm meditating or something, I'm not thinking about any of my senses, really. That kind of sucks. <laughs> You're going to go insane. You, You're going to go so insane that you need senses. You have to have senses. We, we have senses for for our ability to interpret the world around us, but our our senses are, are actually very poor. They're, they're very rudimentary. Uh, oh, well, I can see color. Well, yeah, you, you can see color, but color is just a very, very small slice of the visible spectrum of light, of UV and infrared and this massive range of, of light that we can't even see and sound, you know, we can hear sounds we can't hear. Right. And if you think about how each one of our senses is related to particles and atoms, right? Yeah. So touch, you're yeah. touching something. Tactile. Yep. And then see, that's different, right? Yep. You're actually seeing the photons bouncing and the reflections or whatever. But uh, smell, that's weird. It's that's still molecular. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're getting those molecules. Taste, taste, taste receptors, same like thing. Like when you smell crap, in your bathroom, you have crap in your you, nose. You're literally smelling There's molecules crap of crap molecules in, in your face. Up in that olfactory. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> Terrible. But what other what other senses are there? I'm missing one. Uh, sight, sound, touch, hearing, and smell. Yeah. And, so and, hearing. So sound waves. Hearing, sound waves. And so what senses can we have that aren't particle related? Well, there's there's a lot of theory uh, on, on telekinesis and ESP, extracentral perception. Do you think there's particles that are related to telekinesis well, that like, can link our thoughts? There's particles that we, th- I guess this gets a whole other conversation. Let, let me finish the... Maybe it's being hyper aware of the electronic energy of someone's brain that interferes like it, it interacts with the molecules between you and the other person and you would be able to pick up on the differences in the electricity in the air. Holy, Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. The men who stare at goats. Yeah. There, there's, there's a, you know, remote viewing is a, it's kind of what you're talking about a little bit. It's an actual process that the government spent a lot of money on. The movie, the men who look at goats, stare at goats is based on that. And it may sound silly, but they, they've actually been able to remote viewing is putting a, basically a person in a room and having them close their eyes and picture a place. They mm-hmm. give them, they give them the coordinates and it may sound stupid. They go, oh, there's no way they can possibly, but, it, but it's it's remarkably accurate. They, they've they tested this on, on people that have special abilities, and they've been able to describe locations to a, to almost a T at times. It's freaky uh, how good some of their uh, stuff was. Now, they're not right all the time, but there are times when they're really, really close. And how, how does that happen? How does that work? I think there that there's, there's an, a massive amount of, of information in the universe that we simply aren't designed to c- collect and or interpret. And it's all around us. It's just everywhere. It permeates the whole universe. And we're just kind of s- floating around on it with our basic human senses. You know, right. that's, that, that, that's, there's a thing called deja vu. You know, I, there's a I gut got feeling. sense that I want <laughs> <laughs> for my superhero senses. Yeah, that's what do we I'm have like, here, Spidey sense. So you know how uh, every object has mass. Yes. I don't want to see like a bat with sound waves. I want to see just through the eye in my mind that can sense the mass of everything around me. So no matter what eyes open or close, I can see everything in my mind that's around me based on the mass differences. Isn't that Daredevil? Doesn't he do that with his hearing? I don't really follow the superhero yeah, stuff. Oh. I hate all those superhero <laughs> movies. I can't get into any of them. Uh, I don't get into a lot of them either. I've often, often wondered what kind of superpowers I want to have, but then that's just whatever. It's silly. So I got telekinesis. I got mind mass seeing... There's the, going on. So going on kind of off, off shooting 
I'm going to finish up with real quick with the singularity. So basically, Ray Kurzweil, uh, once we have machines that are capable of learning that much, essentially being able to download or upload, how we want to look at it, your consciousness into the net, essentially into a device or the internet or what have you. And essentially, you would, you would be able to live forever. You, you wouldn't die. And once that becomes available, that you'd be able to be put into I don't know, a cyborg, you can have a machine body like data from Star Trek, you could be put into that body. Um, or you could be put into the net or whatever. And then the real question is, well, if you're able to transfer all of your memories, like all of your memories, is that still you? Kind of, it's a clone. It's Theseus's boat, basically, where I was going with that. Yeah. Is like what what makes you you? And they are they able to see? They're able to take pictures of memories in your head. They can, if you think of an elephant, there's a machine that can look into your brain and see a rough outline of a fucking elephant. Because they studied so many people thinking of elephants so many people and thinking, what yes. their brain mapping looks like, yes. right? And, they're, and okay. they're constantly, constantly mapping their brain, learning the responses, and that's... And they still don't feel like they know much about the no, brain. It's, we're still in infancy with, with what it is. Why? It's because we're human and... And we, and we don't want to do testing on live well, people. Well, no, I don't think that's it. That's I, probably holding it back a well, lot. Well, you, know, you really think they're not testing on humans somewhere? Come on, for sure. There's, I, there's some black ops programs from where... Yeah, doing all the terrible things that they, that they do. Um, I, I just think is that we're humans. I don't think we're asking the right questions. I don't think we know the questions to ask, honestly, because we're humans. We we're, I think we're arrogant. I think we really think, oh, we're smart and we can, you know, we can look back into the beginning of time and blah blah blah. blah. I, I I don't think that we are even capable of grasping some of the things that are even the bigger picture of stuff because we don't. We're just carbon based life forms. I mean, we we don't have the superpowers right to do that. So we're as smart as we are right now. We're very smart compared to humans a hundred and yes. two hundred and a thousand years ago. Yeah, but we're still pretty dumb. I I, I agree. You heard the saying: the the more shit I learn, the more I know. I the more I know that I don't know shit. Yeah, which is pretty much true. It's like, true because the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. The smarter you get, the more you realize that there's too much to learn, and you're not going to know it. Can't so. even wrap your mind. Or the, or the brain, they think that that you only use maybe even the smartest people use maybe five ten. Five to ten percent of the actual brain mass, as far as computational power, which is crazy. And I thought that that might have been debunked. It has I could it been be wrong? I, I, they did it on like MythBusters. They measured it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, all the 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 parts of your brain are active when you're thinking as hard as possible." I don't even know how you would quantify that. I don't know how you measure. They're just that. doing the same brain mapping stuff. I, I don't think MythBusters has the the resources to actually. Well, they were doing the the brain mapping thing, right? Where it's were just they? like you're idle, then you're doing this task, and then you're thinking out a math problem and then you're just concentrating as hard as you can and they were able to see that it's it's a much higher percentage. Okay. I could be off on that, but I never liked that anyway. Well, we still like the, to think that we have huge potential that we haven't unlocked, right? We, we, we're humans. We like to quantify things. We, we like to quali qualify and quanti quantify a thing. We want to know what the boundaries are we want to know where we fall at within the boundaries of things. That's just, that's just the nature of humanity. We want to know the, the, how, how far out is the thing and what's our area and, and what are the parameters? That's what we that's what we do. So since you're a numbers guy, do you think that we can quantify anything with math and numbers? <sighs> I like to think that that math is a, a universal concept. So anything. Anything. I think to think So would you be able to quantify my brain and math, my entire experience of life, everything? Because if that's true, then we can recreate that in different area, right? I, I do think... The, I still I, think it's not I, my boat. It's a copy of my boat. It's but. a copy of your boat, but it's still your boat. You know? Right. I I think that it's possible. Um, 
I don't think we have the right hardware and software yet as far as computational power code to do that. But look how much we've done. I got a freaking supercomputer on my freaking hand here. Yeah. That it does all the things. It takes pictures, it connects to the freaking internet. It's got a calculator on it. I mean, it has all these things. There's more power in this phone than all of NASA when they launched it to the moon. And we're all, not we're all, a lot of people are zombies just staring at it. They are. Not talking to each other when they're eating. Nope. And just like, oh yeah, I'm just checking Facebook. Oh, oh God, it's terrible. I'm, uh, I guess the best thing you could be doing is like you're reading a book. Improving yourself. Or you're staying up on things you're interested in on Reddit or something. But even so, like... The whole point of life is experiences. There's plenty of time to read on your own time. I catch myself doing it too. I think it reacts with us and makes it, and it's an addicting thing. Like I've checked it a few times because it went off and I'm like, I don't have Facebook on my phone. No, not Facebook, just notifications. Oh, stuff. I, I, yeah. Well, because we're programmed to that. Oh, look, my little blue light's flashing. Yeah. Endorphins. Oh, what's, oh look. Something. Ooh, someone wants to pay attention to me. Oh, okay. Right. Great. Whatever. I can deal with that later. Yeah. We're, th- thoughts. We're, you know? we're slaves to, to the things. And I guess that's a, a, another topic, too, is it, I want to get back to perception. I want to get back to that, because I do. Um but the whole social media thing, there's a whole generation of people raised on that. Like my, my gen, I'm 40. So my generation is, I'm not Gen X. Um, I'm, I'm after that. Gen X is slightly before after me. But I fall into a small niche group of a, a segment of, I think it's Gen Y or Gen X or whatever. I'm not quite sure. I don't pay a lot of attention to that. But right. I grew up, when I was 18, I, I, had, a, I had a pager. Okay. I, yes. even, I remember my pager number and I used a cell, I used a, a pay phone to call, call people on. There's actual pay phones. You have to nice. record them, you know, and wipe it off first because they're always nasty. But then also I, I, I had a typewriter. I took typewriting lessons in, in seventh grade. I had a typewriter and I had the whiteout. I remember typing papers. It was, it was cool because I didn't have to write. Right. But if you have a, a, a you know, you write a sentence, oh, well, I want to change my thought. You're screwed because you, you, what, what, you're already committed on paper, literally. So, so that's screwed. I remember having word processing available to me as a freshman in high school. And that was uh, the bee's knees because I was, oh, my God, I can write a thing out. I can change my thought process. I'm going right. to have to white out shit. You know, and that was a game changer. That was a way, the way to be more creative so instantly. Your, your generation was kind of... During the transition. a big revolution change of technology, yes. right? Pre-internet, Pre-internet obviously. Pre- I, had a, I had a phone book for the internet. It was a book, like a phone book, that listed web pages in it. That's how... What? That's how, I never had that. That's how... I should have kept it. It's probably worth a lot of money now. Pretty cool. But you would literally look up the website address, kind of end like, oh, there it is. And you'd, you'd dial up on your 28 or 14.4 modem. Oh, you're talking like BBS days, uh, right? Yeah, that's this. And I wasn't even cool back then. And I'm not that I'm cool now, but I wasn't a net guy. I, I bought my first computer. My dad got me an Apple. And it was like an Apple Mac or something, and it was so expensive, and it didn't play any fucking games. I was pissed. I know, man. And I was, I was like, damn it, I want to, I want a PC. So I went, I bought my own computer. It was three thousand dollars. What? In nineteen ninety 
four money. Three eighty six. What it was? I was think it, it was. I think it was a four eighty six. Forty six turbo button it, on the front. It might have been a turbo button. It was a oh, micron. Nice. It was a hundred and thirty three megahertz processor. Oh, you're good. That that was a uh, that was Pentium. It was, I think one. it was a Pentium one. Yep. And the tower was huge. Probably had sixteen megabytes of RAM. I, it might have maybe been eight. I, I don't remember. The hard drive was tiny. It was maybe five hundred megabytes. If even that, maybe hundred. So mine was a Windows ninety five hundred megahertz Pentium one. Okay. 8 megs of RAM, upgraded to 16. Of course. And I was one of the guys in 1999 that had a CD burner. Oh, wow. That's that's pretty advanced shit. Yeah. A CD burner. Mm-hmm. Man, I... So so the computer stuff, yeah, I did all that. And uh, where are they going with this? What were we talking about? Oh, social media. Yep. So... I, I grew up when you had to actually, when you wanted to talk to a girl, you had to actually walk up to a girl and talk to her or call her on the phone and hang out in the closet and talk. Unless you're at a bar, they're not very receptive to you walking up and then saying, hi. Hi. What's going on? They're going to be like, what? Stranger. But, but they were though, because that was what you did. I've seen more studies and stuff that it's like, they prefer online dating. Not everybody. But they prefer that because they can screen it out and everyone's used to being on their phone and just being less social. Yes, but I'm talking before. I don't know. I'm just saying now in general. Now like in general. In the dating scene like now. texting now. Oh my God, that's a whole other world. I mean, the kids these days. I'm really, these all I want to do is text. text. I call. I'm like, I don't, I don't want Now I've texted you. Now you want dick pics? Is that how we work? That's, that's kind of deal? I'm like, yeah. Oh God, it's terrible. So the, the phone is great for, for opening up, you know, communication. I'll give it that. But at the same time, there's a whole generation of people that are just so absorbed with, oh, I got a like. Oh, okay, that's great. And it's like, that's all they do. And they don't have to, hey, Frodo, interact with people as much as they don't want to. And it's just, it's sad. It, it makes me sad. There's this wonderful tool and it's just been begotten with just bullshit. Right. And, you know, Snapchat and, and Twitter. I, I still barely understand how Twitter works and, and Instagram and, and all the things. And it's like, Hey, like I have a friend, he's not going to be named, but like when we're hanging out and like, we're either watching a movie or we're just hanging out and drinking or whatever on that phone, just constantly someone I know, someone, you know, someone we all know in heart. Was he out Saturday? No, (laughs) (laughs) no, he was not out Saturday. Okay. And he just, he just, he's, he loves oh, it. Oh, I know what you're talking. You know, <laughs> he, just, he's, he just can't put it down. And I think that when we hang out, we should put our phones away. I think that'd be cool. There's a, a kind of thing where people go out to dinner and the first person's phone that rings has to pay for dinner kind of deal. You know what I wanted to do is make a little rectangular box that's all mesh. Yeah. It's copper and make a little Faraday cage. <laughs> but everyone puts your stupid phone in my little in box. There. It'll actually charge your phone while it's in here. And they'll be like, really? I'm like, yeah. And put it in there. And no one has service. And we're good. That should be the price of admission to your arcade downstairs. Yeah. We, when we come over to drink and party. Because everyone sits on their phone. Yeah. But you should put the phone away and talk face-to-face yeah, I know, communication. Man. Th- that's why I like this so much. This is my third podcast recorded here. And to like just talk. Like... Is it normal that you have a friend call you on a, a Monday night and be like, hey, you want to no. talk about random stuff no, for an hour? It's not. It's not. You want to talk about uh, singularities and encompassing all the power of a sun or star? No one wants, no. No one wants to talk to me about this shit. No, no one. Because no one, no one watches other than you, really, really does the shit that I do. I'm, and here's why. I'm going to kind of, I'm getting to that. So last night, I was, it was Easter yesterday and I spent all day by myself. I don't do anything with my family. Um, generally my family on, on the holidays is, 
it used, used to be a big old thing. We did all the things where the grandparents passed away and um, they, I don't really get along with some of the, the folks in it that are not blood and it's just too much drama right. for all the people to get together. So, you know, dad called me up, said we're not doing anything. I was like, all right, you know, I'll stay home and made a ham. And uh, I had one friend text me and said, happy Easter. I'm like, yeah, happy Easter. It's cool. You know, I'm doing my thing. And I almost hit you up last night, by the way. It, well, you know, it's cool. I, I'm not worried about it. I got it. home from family stuff and I felt fat and then I worked out. <laughs> I still feel fat. <laughs> <laughs> I made some green bean casseroles, delish, and I uh, made a big, big seven, eight, eight pound hand in the Instant Pot. delicious. Um, so basically, I was up reading uh, on the internet last night. Um, I, I thought that's a weird question. Like, how many people die alone? Like, like when they man, that's when, dark. At the, alone at, at on the, Easter. At, well, not that, not necessarily. I was like just that. picturing the whole thing, and it made me really sad. <laughs> well, I'm thinking like like the moment like uh, literally you die. Like, like are you? How many people statistically are by themselves when they die? And it's it's pretty big number. Over half of the people in general are generally by themselves. I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. So I was doing some research and reading up on how many people live by themselves. I was thinking of coming over here, talking to you tonight, right. and you, you live by yourself. So I kind of was kind of grouping people into groups, because that's what I do. So I'm single, and I don't have any children that I'm aware of, and I live by myself. So basically, I'm, I'm, I spend probably, the definitely majority of my life, probably close to 90-95% of my life by myself. Yeah, me too. You too. And I, ha- I thought of a couple of people, a couple of the women I know that are in my neighborhood that are the same way. They're, they're single. Um, they don't have any children and they live by themselves as well. And I kind of started thinking about like each of them and what, what, what kind of people they are and what they do for work and, and, and how they are. And a lot of people think that if, you, if you're alone, that you're lonely. That's, that's not, that doesn't work that way. Cause no. you, Cause you can have a partner and be lonely, but you can be also be by yourself and not lonely. Right. Right. It depends on the person. It depends on the person. I'm not lonely. I don't feel lonely. Everyone, everyone feels lonely once in a while, but I'm, I'm generally satisfied with my life and I enjoy being able to do pretty much whatever I want to do when I want to do it. So I, I got to thinking a lot about like, okay, what, why the people that are like, I call them the loners basically. What do they do? They're very, they're very smart. They, they have, they're very successful in their jobs and they're super strong willed and super independent. They have all these common characteristics that they share. And I was asking myself, is that because they're by themselves or is that a result of that? And right. I, I don't result of that personality type that you're in the situation. Yes. I think, that I think about that sometimes too. Yeah. Cause I don't know. Like, uh, same thing. Like you get lonely once in a while, but that's the dating scene. I mean, yeah. you get you have friends and socialize. So not really. I mean, it's more you enjoy the lifestyle of being able to do what you want to do. Yes, and that's what life is, right? Is it having experiences? Yep. And do what you want to do. The worst thing is like doing stuff you don't want to do all the time. Yeah, it's the worst. Like, what's the point? I hate it. I hate doing things I don't want to do. Why does anyone want to do? Why does anybody do things they want to do? Because they right. have to. It's a compromise. Right. Like so, sometimes with like work stuff, you don't want to do that no, stuff. No. Uh, I enjoy a lot of the stuff I do for work. I like engineering and fixing problems. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, I'm making a network and infrastructure run for something that I really don't care about. If you're with my job, I do care. <laughs> <laughs> Fair <laughs> but, enough. But it's, it doesn't affect me. It doesn't no, affect my it's life. It's not yours. 
I don't care if they make more of something, no, whatever. More widgets. Yeah. So I thought about this. You said, and you said the social media, and I specifically thought about coming here tonight on Monday to talk to you face to face. Right. And I, I was excited about that because like it's it's one on one communication that you're just talking, you're talking about things. And you know what I would like this to graduate into? Us rubbing off on the people we know. So when we get together, it's more like the olden days or what it should be now yeah. of put your phone away. I'm not going to force you to, but the people that want to be engaged and actually experience each other in conversations, do it. I'll tell you what, next time we have an arcade, I'll put my phone I'll throw it in here. It'll come down and we'll just do whatever. Well, I got a little charging rack by the, the breaker box. That's cool. Just throw your phones over there on the charger. Good. I'm with that. You know what? I've gotten past the, not completely, but I've gotten, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get past the, oh, come on, do a thing. Come on, come on, come on, come on, do a thing. Be fun, be fun, be fun. To the point where it's just, to the, I'm trying to get to the point where I say, hey, I'm going to go do this thing and I'd like for you to come hang out and do the thing. But if you don't, then that's, that's your loss. And I'm not, I'm trying to stop berating people. That's how I went to Japan by myself once. Yeah. Well, <laughs> come I'm, on. Somebody come with me. Oh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Nope. It's just like, I'm going. Keep if on. you want to go, go. And that was one of the best experiences of my life. See, that's a thing you went to go do. And then you, cause you know, and I'm going to do it again this year because it's hard to find travel buddies. Yeah. And I'm going to go somewhere. Well, I want to go somewhere too. I've been wanting to go to Reykjavik, Iceland for a while. And it's no fun, honestly, going to those places by yourself. That's that's dude. Let's go to Iceland. That'd be fucking sweet. Where do you want to go? Uh, probably not June. Not during, (laughs) (laughs) not during wedding season. That's the problem. I'm I'm open. Like how about as you look at your watch? Five weeks. I'll have Can to look you make at, that happen. I'll have to look at my calendar. I will go in five weeks to Iceland. That uh, sounds great. Oh. <laughs> Do they have awesome <laughs> nightclubs? I have no idea, but I'm sure they have a I'll lot of Icelandic women over there that are just all ready to party for yes. sure. I'm picturing it now. Do they like um, tall white dudes that do? mediocre Matt McConaughey <laughs> impressions. I'm sure they do. You can tell me you're their 20th best person in Donkey Kong like, ever. Hey, ladies, guess what movie this is? Come on, Marv. Don't do that to me, Marv. Oh, my God. They speak English over there, right? Is that the thing? It's time that transcends gravity. I'm oh, sorry. I hope they speak English. They speak English? Nice, nice we'll, uh, we'll learn the language. We'll, uh, they, there's a Coors Light language. I'll bring the tequila and they'll, they'll know what I'm talking they, about. This guy knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> But back to the, uh, I guess the, the living alone and then the kind of doing your own thing kind of deal. It's like, I've, I've obviously been in a lot of relationships. I've had a lot of great women in my life and I've had a lot of fun and I've loved a lot of women, but they're all gone. They, they've all left for a variety of all different reasons. Some of them because of me, because I'm unable to change and I'm just, just stuck in the way that I do my things. People generally don't change. They are who they are. Yes. And that's just the, the way Truth. they are. That's the way people are. You can't really change people unless they really want the change. And even then it's a struggle. And, and that's, that's anything. And like, people are always changing for the most part yeah. on their own little journey. On their Maybe own. it's a 10% deviation. Yeah. That's what it is. It's the deviation that deviation changes. From the, the change from is what changes. The cha- yeah. Right? The, 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 the Maybe Delta a 1% T. changer my whole <laughs> life. Or it could be a 75% changer. <laughs> it's just, it's a, so I thought about that the other day. I was like, how, how often do people change? How often do I change? 
and it's it's very seldom, very rare. In fact, I've been wearing the same fucking types of shirts for six years now. If you know me, you know I wear the black Rock Vegas shirt. I have three so different took styles. It literal, literally, I literally. <laughs> how often do I change? How often do I change? You know, it's like okay, well, I don't care. Clothes don't concern me. I'm not concerned about clothes. Obviously, I like to stay warm and you know what have you, but they're just they're just right. utility. I, yeah, they're it's utility. There's nothing behind clothes. I buy like six of the same pairs of really durable pants. Yeah. And I'm like, these are the pants I'm gonna wear until I die. <laughs> I don't care. I bought a, I buy a nice. I try to buy high quality shoes, and uh, I wear them to the bone. I've got epoxy uh, on my shoes now because they were wearing out, but I don't want to throw I them away. I bet they're super comfortable. They're super they comfortable. They are your feet when you have them on. They are very comfortable. In fact, I hate taking off my shoes when I come over here. I hate taking off my shoes in general when I'm out, not in my house, but whatever. It's your house, so that's what I do. I, I mean, you, can, get, you can bring those little slippers I'm, to put over your shoes. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> like we're doing an open house showing. If you don't want to take your shoes off, I, I don't care. I think I'm going to have Greg specific house shoes. Just, yeah. Just for just you. Just throw them in the, the little in the walk in there. You yeah. Can leave um, them here. So if any have any fun house shoes ideas, let me know. But uh, I'll be looking for that. But back to uh, the, the whole dating thing. And it's like being being with being with anybody. I mean, it's a significant other. Uh, everything is a compromise. E- everything. Ab- and no matter what type of relationship with it was, was with if your family, your siblings, your friends, your spouse, your boyfriend or girlfriend, your freaking fish, your dog, your cat, every one of those relationships is a compromise on some level. More so, obviously, with a wife or a spouse or a girlfriend because, you know, they're more intimate with them. Yeah, but it's what you get out of it, right? If you focus on the positive, not everything has to align. You're fine compromising on the rest, right? That's why you have relationships. That's why you have relationships. And over time, back when I was when I was a younger man, it, it was it was girl A was competing with girl B, was competing with girl C, and then I would pick one and I would make a run with it, and we it would do that. But now it's it's not like that. It's girl A and girl B and girl C. They're competing with my time, my free time, and honestly, <laughs> that's why I'm single. There's really there's not a, a situation. And yes, relationships are great. And, I, and there's those moments where like, oh, I love, I love the snuggle and all, oh, you know, she's so fun and that's great. But for the most part, those, those are not all the time moments. Those are the specific moments that are right. the, the rarities and they, they're just not all the time. So I think you are comfortable with how you are as a person. Yeah. I'm, and what's very difficult is to find a woman that makes you feel like you're a better person because you're already elevated up to being where you want to be. So to find someone that elevates you and makes you a better person overall is difficult. Absolutely. So you, you've shortened and made that a really small dating it's pool. It's a very small pool. And honestly, I'm not even trying. I'm making zero effort. And I'm making effort and it's a grind. It's to find... <laughs> I mean, I go on dates a lot. It's a grind. I it's love it. It's a grind. Dude, it is. Because it's a numbers game. My friend used to tell me it's it a, numbers is a numbers game. game. I go on a lot of dates and uh, I just... See right there. Ugh. When people say when you know it's right, it's right. That's because when you know it's wrong, it's, it's wrong. definitely wrong. All the time. Yes. I, the, the coolest relationships I've, I've ever been in and with the women that I've loved. And that's, that's been about, about five women that I've, that I've actually been in love with. They, every one of them was completely random. Like they just, oh, well, there's this girl. Oh, well, now I'm in a relationship. Well, now I love her. 
And every one of those was was unplanned. It wasn't like I'm looking for a girlfriend. Right. That's when it happens. Is when it you're just, not looking. It's just random. So shit. guess what? I'm not looking anymore. Well, that's so I'm looking forward to getting this relationship that's, next week. That's funny <laughs> because you're the one doing the grind, not having a look, and I'm the one not giving a shit. Before you know it, something's going to fall in my lap. Right. Kind of deal. Right. And I and I'm not saying I'm not down to be in a relationship. I'm I'm not giving any fucks about trying. But you're not down to compromise in a negative uh, it, way it, to be it, in a relationship. It all, because it, at the end of the day. All we have, I'm, I'm past the money thing. I'm really past, and that's the whole of the conversation of the money thing. But I'm, I'm past the stuff. And don't get me wrong, I love buying stuff. I bought a, a, a 2,000 pound uh, engine stand today because I got Sure, a, but if it went away, you'd still be fine. I'd still be fine. That's yeah. what. That's where you get with stuff. It's, it's just stuff. I, I did, you do the whole, um, your house burns down exercise. You ever do that? I've, I, I've, I've, one of the girls I did, her house burned down. And, but I was and, saying, like, right now, like, if we went to Taco Bell and got some tacos and my house burnt down. Is Frodo going to be okay? As and as long as he got out, yeah. I'd be bummed, but I, I don't even think I'd cry. I don't think yeah. I would be that upset. I'd be like, this is going to be kind of a big hassle with insurance, Yeah, but I'll be fine. And, hey, I'll do this whole minimalist thing and just get exactly what I need because I know what brings value to my life. It's it's funny you say that because I thought the same way and I... And it almost I, would be refreshing. I, that's where I'm so going with that. I actually listening. <laughs> <laughs> Soliciting arson is illegal. I advise against it. Frodo will not be in the uh, house next Thursday really, through Saturday. That's <laughs> really good at it. Um, I've actually thought that, you know, instead of the other side of the scale, like coming home to a burned out house as long as Rufus is okay, I'd be like, oh, that's fucking sweet. I'm going to deal with all that bullshit now because I've got... Yeah, what a life-changing I, experience. I've, I've got, Greg, I've got so much stuff. I have two or three of things... Yeah. And, I, and I, I lose track of them. I purge stuff all the time, man. I, I take a little uh, Rubbermaid bin, big Rubbermaid bin, and I go around my house. I'm like, oh, this book, I'd love to read it. I'm never going to. Chuck it, chuck it, chuck it. I to actively, where I look around and it's only things of value. Yeah. I, I, the last, I, I should read more books. I don't. Um, the last book I read was Sun Tzu's Art of War, which is pretty cool. But the last books books I read were the, the Minimalist series, The Art of Living with Less and Enjoying Your Shit. And at first I'm like, well, this is dumb. But then it, I read it and I, the, these, these two guys have started a freaking movement with it. And it's, it makes so much sense. It really does. There's this guy that's he's not part of this club, but he has like 92 things total in his, in his, to his name. Wow. Literally. And he laid them all out and he makes his living by traveling. He, li- he only lives in one place for six months at a time. And then he moves to, and I'm talking international. Like he, and he takes, he has a, that a, sounds exciting. It sounds, then you never get that home feeling, he, but I think he'd get over it. He, maybe. he does. Cause he gets paid. Uh, he has a blog and the, the bloggers vote. So what do you do when you get paid a bunch of money and you don't want things? You buy experiences and yeah. you buy really good food. You buy, yes, you buy, oh, no, I'm hungry. You buy experiences. You're, that, that, and that's where I'm going with the time, the time thing, which is, going back to, you know, why I'm single. We, we only have so much time. And the interesting thing apart about that is we don't know right. how much time we have. Right. What if you found out you have six days left? Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Literally, I'm going to go skydiving for sure. And I'm going to go drive a fast car and just all these crazy things. I shoot all the guns. Um, and, you know, and I have some friends that have gone through and are going through some, some really terrible, uh, some life illnesses, and they're just very hard to deal with. And I'm, and I'm sure that their perspective on what was important before and what is important now is two vastly completely different things. When when someone says you have this much time left, I, I think everything changes. Everything, all of the things that you worried about. Yeah, you immediately find what you regret. Too. Yeah. 
and I, I think it's a nice exercise. It's not a nice, well, it's it is a good exercise, it's a good exercise to, to do. That if, that if you woke up and you went to the doctor and the doctor says you have this much time left for whatever reason, how would you react and what would you change? And then instead do that anyways and change your life. Live the life that you want to live. So many people are stuck where they just do stuff they don't want to do. Most people are. And it's sad, but at the same time, like it, you just got to do what you want to do. Yeah. And it's kind of refreshing when you get to that point. It's, it's like it's very refreshing. Let's let's talk about that. So, for those of you that know me, my my, my company is Rock Vegas Events, and I, I I'm a wedding DJ, and I, I DJ in a bar on the weekends, and I do corporate events and things like that. I get paid to have fun. I right. literally I literally make my living. I'm not stupid rich. But I, I make enough money to pay my bills. And what do you need to be rich for? It's, what are you going to do with a bunch of it's, money? It's a terrible goal just to collect money. It's just not the right I mean, thing. If, if your goal is, I'm going to be stupid rich because I want to help out people that I know. That's cool. That's a cool goal. That's different. But people, when they say, I want to be stupid rich. Just to be rich. I don't, like, if you gave me a million dollars right now, I don't think I would change my life I at would, all. I would spend every penny of that on people I care about the most and go have fun. Right. I, it'd be like, I'd chuck it in the bank and I'd be like, hey, that extra like 50 grand a year of interest, I could help people with party. and it's safe. Exact party. But like, well, that's where I'm going with this is like, okay, so we started this, this, this part of the conversation, which maybe in the next segment of our podcast, but let's talk about it. Is, no, this is good. Let's just keep this going for like 15 and, and we'll call this an episode. All right, cool. Is... So time, time is the most important thing. And so for those, you know, also know me, I, I worked at, uh, I worked at Best Buy for 10 years, which honestly was the freaking awesomest job ever. Looking back on that, that was the greatest time of my life. Um, I shouldn't say that I, every part of my life has been the greatest time of the right yeah, now. But why was it a great time? It, because there's so many people that I got to do fun things with. And as you grow older, your, your networks become smaller for any number of reasons. People get married, they move away, they have kids, things just get smaller. And that's, that's just what happens. But there's so many fun people it was just a, it wasn't really a job. It was a life. And, you know, my, some of my best friends now today, um, well, you, um, are, are here because I worked at Best Buy and, and Steve and, and Marcus. Wait, and how do we meet? Your brother. Through Best Buy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like your brother. I was thinking about that. Your brother worked at Best Buy. Um, so, so after Best Buy, you know, I, I went to, to college and came back, worked at Best Buy again, and I got fired because that place sucked. And then I worked for Primetime Audio Video for a year, thinking that'd be different because a small company it wasn't. And then I wound up at uh, Chase Bank and uh, I, went, I went in for my interview and the, the general manager was one of my, my former my former sales managers at Best Buy. And I learned very quickly how important it was to not burn bridges, uh, literally, because he basically hired me on the spot. And uh, I started at Chase Bank uh, just before the market collapsed with the Great Recession in uh, 08. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, I started there as everybody shit fell apart people losing their homes the cars and everything and i'm working at chase and you wouldn't know that there was a recession from the bank side because the bank was making money hand over fist the bank is always fine and i made a lot of money working for chase and i worked there for eight years the first four years were exciting um they 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 have a very strict protocol of of how they train people i called it the banker army and they basically break you down in like an army and they say, you don't know anything. And here's what you know now. And in general, within after about the first year of working there, within 90 seconds of meeting an individual that walked into the bank for a thing, I was able to basically profile them and understand of what level of communication I needed to have with this individual to sell and attach all the goods and services the bank wanted me to. 
if they were a super smart kind of person, I would use big words. I would use different body language. If they were not, if they were, you know, just blue collar or Sounds whatever. pretty manipulative. It's very manipulative. And I, I would use more slang. I would sit back in my chair. I would swear more. And I became very, very good at basically changing people's minds about a thing before they even, be, they, didn't, they didn't even know what was happening. They, they would come in to cash a check and, before, and 20 minutes later, they'd walk out with a checking account, a rewards-based credit card and debit card and on the banking direct deposit, all the bullshit. And I get paid probably close to hundred bucks just for that, that one interaction. And you do that 20 times a day, you do the math. So on top that's, that's $20,000. I was making a lot. Of, I, was making, I wasn't, you know, <laughs> making, just kidding, that's I wasn't making over a hundred thousand dollars, but I was making, I was making good money. That's awesome. You know, I was working at the, the bar at the and weekends. you liked what you're doing and, and I, you liked the people. I so did. for the first four years, I loved you what I was freaking doing. Jedi people I, I into did. opening accounts. I Jedi people. That's a great way of putting it. And I, that, that power, that, that rush of being able to bend people's will to my will without them even knowing was a rush. And then you went to dating and manipulating women. <laughs> no, because <laughs> women don't even need the training. They're very smart in what they do in oh, general. Yeah. You, can't, you can't pull the eyes over. At least the women I date, the, they, they are very smart, which is probably why they're not with me anymore. <laughs> Good for them. But, but, but anyways, after the first four years, so I'm working in there and the, the recession's falling apart and people's cars are being repossessed and people are literally losing their livelihoods and they'd walk in. I'm like, oh, that's terrible. How about a checking account? You know, I realized how little value I was adding to these people, these people's lives. And it, it, it's, it's something just switched. And it was like, this is wrong. I'm not, this is not, this is not my calling. And I felt bad because I worked at three different branches. I started in Loves Park. I went to the Harrison office and then I went to the downtown branch. And then I went back to Harrison and back to Loves Park before I finally left. But I, when I worked downtown Rockford there at the, the State Street branch on, yeah. on first, first Street, that was a real eye opener. Um, the, the demographics down there are completely different from Love's Park. Just and lower income, super low income, poverty. Uh, you know the bus stops right there. Uh, the food, the food shelters, the rescue mission, and and the clients there were I, living hand to mouth would be a good thing. Like they didn't even have like the hand; they just had the mouth, and they didn't. It, is, it's, it really changed my perspective on on how important money is and what, what it really is meant to do and, and how some of the happiest people were the poorest people I had. They were just dirt poor and they get paid and they come in and they go out and they, by, by Saturday morning they'd be broke again and they didn't care. They, had, they, they were happy. And some of the most miserable people that I had were some of the richest people that had the most money. And it's because they're focused on money. They were focused on, they, they were, they were the extreme and I call them extreme savers and extreme, the extremes basically. And I learned a very important lesson working downtown. It's kind of when it switched for me. Um, cause for one, I wasn't able to make the kind of money that I was making before with the products I needed to attach because the, the, the money wasn't there. Right. So it became more of a, I became a social worker essentially. And I took so many people's lives in my hand. I literally lived people's financial lives for them. They would come to the bank on payday and they would bring their bills and they would say, Mike, how do I make this money work? And I would sit down, I would spend an hour with them. And I would say, here's the bills you got to pay. You can't pay this one this week. That's cool. I'll sort it out for you. I call it the visiting nurse association people. I specifically called nursing homes. I help people find places to live when they get kicked out, pay their comment bills through, through grants. And, and all these things, and I wasn't making any money doing because the, the money you make at the it, it's commission. So right. if you're not selling credit cards and investments, you're just you're making your salary, which is like fifteen bucks an hour, which is you know that's not the kind of money I was used to making. Right. 
So I started to experience a thing, and mind you, I'm getting to the point why why I'm doing what I do now. So I'm going to get there soon. I experienced started to experience a thing called uh, it's something that first responders experience, police, firefighters, EMTs, and it's, it's essentially uh, emotional burnout. You, you you just simply you you wake up and you have no fucks to give anymore. You, right. You can see the you can see the worst thing, the, the most terrible thing ever, and it's like okay, whatever, next. And and you just, just you, numb. You just numb. You're just numb to people's tragedies. And it got to the point where people come in and say, hey, this terrible, terrible thing happened. Like, yeah, whatever. Okay, so let's, let's deal with it. Oh, seriously. And that was a, it was a daily thing. And I'm like, man, this is terrible. This is not how I want to live my life. Um, and it, it, that was about halfway through. And then at that point, I asked myself, Mike, what's, what's important to you? What do you do with your life? So I'm going to get there real quick. I, I was watching a TV or something, and there was a guy giving a commencement speech for a, a procedure school. And one of the students asked him as he's giving a speech, like, what, what, what should we do for our jobs? Like, what's the big question? Like, what we're graduating, what should we do? And the response was simply elegant, and it kind of helped me shape my life. And he was like, he, he goes, what would you do if you, you woke up tomorrow and you, you didn't have to work for the money? You didn't need the money what would you do? And her response is, she was kind of like, well, I don't know. She goes, well, I don't know. Maybe paint a picture. And he's like, you should be an artist. And which sounds kind of, kind of silly. You can graduate from Ivy League college with a you know, stupid expensive degree. Being an artist, really? You didn't go to college for that. So she was kind of let down. And then he kind of took it to the next level. And the one person said, well, I'd, I'd write a book. And you should be an author. And you should, I'd travel. And you should be a tour guide. And then I asked myself, oh, shit. What would I do if I didn't have to go to the bank tomorrow? What would I do? I'd go party. I would go party, Mike. party up. I would go find as many friends as I could and go grab some beers and just woohoo, let's go party and have a good time. So that's, that's the first, and it sounds trite. And at first, I was just being silly, and then I stopped and thought about it. And I was like, well, how do you how do you do that? You have to pay to party. I had to buy to buy these Coors Lights here, which I'm gonna have a sip of. I'm getting dry. Right, right. You have I had to spend money to party, so that's that's not gonna work. But the time. I was also working at the filling station. I was DJing and hosting karaoke there on the weekends, which is just a fabulous time. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was a good, good, good way to blow off steam and have fun. And kind of my, my, my dad uh, owned the bakery at the time, he owned cake creations, and he was making wedding cakes and all that. And I kind of stopped and thought about it. I was like, wow. And Marcus, and Marcus, Marcus was, he was DJing and, and, and doing that stuff on the side. And I kind of said, well, maybe I could, you know, start working with Marcus and do, do a couple of events and I could do some mic work and you know, maybe buy a couple speakers and, you know, do an event here and there and, you know, make some money. Oh, that's cool. I'll do that. So I started doing that. I started, our, started a couple of events with Marcus and uh, we formed a, a company for him, Illinois Productions, and uh, it was a partnership. And uh, it soon became evident that that just wasn't going to work for me because I'm independent and I have to do shit my way. So we separated as far as business goes and Marcus took that over. And I started Rock Vegas events. And the, the name, for those of you that may be wondering, is a, is a play on words. It's a play in Rockford and, and, and Las Vegas, obviously. Uh, one of my good high school friends who I should reach out to because I haven't talked to him for a while, Brett, Brett Adams. Uh, he lives in Chicago, and he goes, yeah, I'm coming back to Vegas tonight. I come back to Rockford. Oh, cool, cool. Kind of Rock Vegas. And, you know, it's kind of a silly thing we said here and there. Right, right. <clears throat> so I was going to call it Rockford Party DJs. That just sounds boring. Like, That's boring. So I did Rock Vegas events, and the rest is history. Okay, so how do we how do how do they get there? How do they make the final transition from from leaving a very well paying job at the bank to taking the leap and being a Just business owner? First paid gig. You walked in there and you said, "Bob, I quit." <laughs> drops the <laughs> drops the microphone and walks away. No, it, it it didn't it didn't happen that way. It was about it was about two or three years to 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 time to 
figure it out and, and to get things going. And I, I should have done it sooner, but it's hard to walk away from a salary job where you have health care. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you, you know, your bills are going to get paid kind of deal. So I kind of, I kind of had a process and I was, one of my good friends, Eric Zillhart, um, who was my, my cute buddy sat next to me at uh, the office at Harrison and who I'm, who I've, I've known for a very long time. I worked him at Best Buy. Um, I helped him get his job at, at Chase and he was kind of my sounding board for, for things. And I was like, Eric, I really want to start this party business. And he goes, man, you should do that. I'm like, yeah, but man, you got, you got your wife, you know, she works at the bank you know, you have that, you have that extra help. You have a partner to help with the bills. I don't have that. I said, it's just me. He goes, yeah, but I've got kids too. And I've got to, I've got to have all these things. So he's, he's in his position where he needs to do his thing. He doesn't have right. the, the flexibility, but I did. So I guess where I'm going with that is I had, I had a three-step process for really finally pulling the trigger and it's very simple. So this is, this is for all the people that wake up in the morning on Monday and say, God damn it. I don't want to go do this job anymore. I just, oh, this is terrible. I really rather go do X. And how do I go do X? So here's how you do X. This is how you live the life you want to live and do the things you want to do and, and find your, it's called finding your passion. You find your passion and then you'll never work a day in your life. I know it sounds trite, but it's true. So number one, three steps. Step one is, is simple. It's find something you love to do, whatever that is. Find a thing that you just love to do, whatever that is. I don't get to walking dogs. If it's painting. If it's drawing, if it's working on your car, whatever that is, find your passion, find the thing that the time just is never enough time. It flies by and you wish you had more time to do that thing. Find that thing. That's the most important. That's the most important part really. So find your passion. Step two is an extension of that is to be the absolute best at that thing. Whatever that thing is that you, that you love to do, you need to be hands down the guru at that. You, you need to be the best painter. You need to be the best dog walker. You need to know all the, the tools, all the things about your profession that if someone comes up to you. So how do you be the best at that when you're working a full-time job? Do you put in the time to be the best before you quit or do you quit and take that time to become the best? I, it's both. Okay. I, I did both. So I was taking as much time as I could to, to grow my business, buying the equipment, getting the marketing going, uh, all the marketing. There's, there's so much involved with starting a business. People just don't know because it's just so many things. Insurance. There's logos, a lot of things. All the all the stuff that the partying, honestly, is just it's just five or ten percent of my time. There's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that people just don't understand, which I'd be more than happy to talk about in another podcast or personally. But the third part of that is is the most difficult part, and it's the fear part, and it's the part where you really transition from doing something you have to do because you, you need the money to something that you want to do. And that's monetize it. You need to find a way to make money doing what you love to do that you're the best at. You need to monetize your thing. How do you do that? That's, that's, that's a hard part. That's turning a hobby into a career. That's, that's the most difficult part. Right. Which is the part that that's, took me several years to do. That's where people get hung up. Oh, get, I can't make money. I can't make cats. money. <laughs> <laughs> you probably could make money petting cats. I'd probably tell you how to do it. Right. It's it's the part that people uh, they get afraid and they stop and they go, oh, they just they throw it all away at that point. Oh, I'm gonna go back to making widgets because I get paid enough money to to pay my bills on the widgets. I'm miserable, but I got to make that money for the widgets. I'm never gonna do the thing because I don't know how to monetize it. And that's where I personally I'm trying to focus more of my time in this world is helping people do those three things. And I, I have a couple of friends that I've helped in different stages of that. Um, and they're making significant money doing the things they love to do. 
and that's what I'm trying to focus on right now on the, on the separate thing. At first, I put on Facebook, hey, who needs help this week doing a thing? You know, let me help you do a thing. I'll, I'll work with you at your company. I'll, I'll help with my time. I'll, I'll, whatever you want, I'll do it for free. And, and nobody reacted to that. No one cared. No one, no one's like, oh, well, just much let's go party. You know, what is, you know, I have a business degree from NIU. Right. You know, I've lived in Rockford my entire life. And for those of you who know me, I, I, I consider myself to be a, an intelligent person that cares. I give a fuck. And if you're in my circle and, and I hang out with you and I take the time to reach out to you and talk to you, then I care about you and, and I want you to be happy in, in your own way. And I wouldn't take that as an insult, insult towards yourself that no one responded. It might just be them not believing in themselves. I don't. I think it's more of that. I don't think it's the like, oh, Mike's not going to be able to help me. I think it's like, well, I wouldn't be able to. They defeated themselves yeah. before they reached out to you. That's what happened. That's that's and that's the conclusion I kind of came to is that people Good. are just they're just wrapped up in the the, the nine to five, the A to B. You know, I've got the kids and I've got the wife and I got to do these things. And that kind of comes for full circle to me and my relationship with just myself being independent and doing my own thing. I've come to rely on myself as the sole provider for the things in my life. I've, I've in the past, friends have lived with me and they've contributed monetarily to the, to the, to the, to the program. And that was great. And you know, it wasn't, wasn't not nice. It was, it was nice, but for the most part, I've, I've, I've never had a girlfriend that has a lived with me and or B contributed financially in any manner to my life ever. You've never had a girl live with you before? No. One one girl lived with me for a week and that was a fucking disaster. <laughs> that's, that's a whole level I of drama. about getting roommates. I don't know if I'd enjoy it, but at the same time, I feed off of other people's energy, so it'd have to be the right roommates. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It was a different time in my life and I needed the money more at that time in my life because I, I did. Um, and it, it, don't get me wrong, it is nice to have that cash flow, but really my independence now, you know, walking around in my underwear, talking to the dog, the, I value that a lot, you know? Right. And I'm not saying I wouldn't be open to having another person, you know, live with me downstairs. In fact, I've got an ad in Craigslist, which is not, which is honestly there just as a shit show for me because it's nothing but prostitutes and, and scam artists left and right. And it just makes me smile. Craigslist is a dirty place. It's, it's terrible. Which I was thinking this weekend I was going to have an arcade party. We should post an open invitation <laughs> on Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> oh so my God. Like anybody in Rockford, this oh is legit. Here's God. the address. Come by. You have to leave your phone in your car because we're going to talk yeah. and we're going to party. Oh my God. That would be hilarious. Does that, that capstone my, uh, my point there from, from why I do, why I do what I do. Basically, I basically get paid to party because that's what I love to do. But at the same time, that's, that's progress. I've, I've been doing this for six years now and I've, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but I, I've figured out a good formula for, for marketing and meeting potential clients and taking the right customers. Um, there's, there's many customers that I, I sit down and talk with and it's, we're just on a match and it's just for an, any number of reasons, but we're not. So I picked the right customers cause I'm able to do that. And I do about 40, 40 events per year. Um, I have a lot of repeat customers. I do several of the dances for, for a lot of local high schools and that's great cause that's, that's just fun. Yeah. That's awesome, man. It's a lot of fun. And it's a, it's a big high five to me cause I do a good job. I take it seriously. Um, and I'm very proud of that. If you want to read my reviews on, on Google, I got 34 legit five star reviews that are actual clients have said the truth about me. So and I, you, and you get a reputation too. I mean, Rockford, everyone knows each other a, in Rockford. It's a big so small town. 
people talk, they do, and then they see me and they go, oh, there's that guy. And that's part of the reason I wear the same shirt because it helps people remember me. And it's like, oh, there's, he's wearing that same shirt again as he always is. So, right. so there's that. So I've kind of gotten to the point now where I'm asking myself, okay, great, 40-year-old Mike, he's, he's cool. He's got this figure out. What, what's 50-year-old Mike going to do? What's 60-year-old Mike going to do? What's 70-year-old Mike? I'm trying not to get caught in a life trap. Right. You know, where I'm not marketable down the road and just, you know, shit goes sour. So I'm trying to diversify what I do. And I think the next step is going to be something involving uh, automotive. You, you guys know I love to work on my truck. Um, I've gotten a lot of fabrication skills down. I do a lot of welding. And I'm thinking about starting another company um, sorted around building engines, building trucks, fabrication, and, and things of that nature. That's what I do with my time. That's the next thing I love to do. Is I same three questions I'm asking myself. It's what, a good exercise to go through. Every man. time I look for a thing to do, I, I sometimes I forget. I forget the formula, so I have to stop. Say, Mike, what do you love to do? Number one, be the absolute best at it. Number two, monetize it. So I'd love to work on my truck. I, I'm, I'm not the best at it, but man, I'm, I'm pretty good at working on shit. For, right, and the, you can put the time in. Put the time in. I learn. And as long as what, you, what you're making now is good enough to be a product, yeah. you don't necessarily have to be the best yet, but to make it marketable and make it a business, you're, you're there with it. Monetize. That's that's where I'm at right now. So I'm already thinking of the marketing and the name and, and how to market it and all that. So that's, that's where I'm at right now with what I'm doing. But at the same time, for any of you that are listening that, uh, that know me, that are trying to take this step from being a wage slave to working for the man, you're never going to get rich doing that. You're always going to make less than you want to make. You're never going to be as happy as you possibly could be. If you are willing to take a time to sit down with me and really figure out what you want to do, I'll be more than happy to sit with you and write up a business plan for you, get you started with your marketing, introduce you to people in your industry, and generally be your mentor to help you live the life that you want to live. So, and I, and I mean that. So if you take the time to get a hold of me, however, you know, text me, call me, Facebook, whatever, we can sit down and you can say, hey, Mike, here's the thing I'm thinking about doing. And I'm not going to charge you. I'm not going to make money off of you. I'm going to sit down with you. And I'm going to give you my honest opinion and my honest time. I'm give you my time to tell you what I think you should do. My opinion. So you have to take it with a grain of salt because that's me. But I'm, I'm not going to bullshit you. I'm not going to waste your time. And I'll tell if your idea is terrible, I'll tell you why your idea is terrible. And if it's not, I'll tell you why it's great. And if maybe there's a compromise. So is this only to people, you're extending this to people you know in Rockford? This is to people that okay. I, I, I know. Say, don't give your email address. Then. No, we're not putting out the email address or anything like that. So <laughs> there, there's enough people that I care about to, right, to help first to help. Than, exactly. than the random population. So uh, if you're a Facebook friend, because I'm going to be putting this on Facebook. If you're a Facebook friend or your friend in general and you you... You, you've seen me and you, and you know me long enough that, that if I say I'm going to do a thing, I do the thing. You know, I'm, I'm honest. Uh, it's integrity. That's the thing I learned from the bank that if you don't lie and you don't have to keep track of your lies, it's just that much easier, you know, and I'll tell you the truth. So I guess to wrap it up that if, if you're, if you, if you want to get out of, you know, being a wage slave and, and really try to figure out if you, if you need help figuring out what you really love to do, I'm going to be all about brainstorming with you. So Come find me up, hit me up, and uh, we'll, we'll see if we can get you out of being a, a corporate slave, I guess, if you will. But that's pretty much the deal with, with Rock Vegas events and the story of that. That's awesome, man. I didn't know the whole backstory with the bank and everything, mm, yep. so that's it's, good to know. We're all we're all in a spot we are today because of reasons, and that's the reason I'm where I'm at. So I'm kind of sick of the normal daily grind. Yeah. I uh, Honestly, I'm surprised I, you still work for a company. <laughs> I'm blown away that you still do that. I get to uh, get to engineer solutions to problems. My thing that I love to do and I'm the best at is 
computer systems, yeah. networking, all that stuff. So I do that. But ideally, if I had to plan out my day of I'm Greg and I want to do all my stuff without doing a nine to five, it would be wake up, go work out, do the CrossFit thing, post nothing on social networking about CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't kind of no post. You no, went there. I will absolutely post nothing. <laughs> I'm surprised I brought up that word. Um, like, I love to do that. That is great. I feel great shape. Um, do that. Cook for myself good meals, cook for friends, and then do consulting. My thing that I do now full-time, do that as a consultant for three hours a day. That'd okay, be fine. I want to get into making short films, making shorts, funny things, comedy kind of sketches. That's stuff I like to do. I like the video production. I don't really have a lot of friends that are into that. And you kind of need more than just... I mean, I can do it myself, but... I feed my comedy and everything else. I feed off other people. Yeah. If I did a, com- uh, a, a freaking podcast by myself, I would not be funny <laughs> at all. <laughs> like seriously, zero funny yeah. yeah. because I feed off of other people's energy. And I think that's why, like, I don't know if you're with this. A lot of people are like good when they meet someone and they can just be themselves right away. I don't think I have that skill yet. And it it comes down to the fact of I feed off of people's personalities and funny and whatever, but I don't know. I've never gotten to that point where it's got to be like one or two times hanging out with people to where I feel comfortable exposing the real me to them. Yeah. Is that normal? No, that's totally normal. Okay. You have to realize I was, I was trained by the largest bank in the world to instantly connect with people. Sure. Sure. I get that. And I know the cues and stuff, but I try not to make it too, um, procedural when I meet people like I'm going to do this this and this but at the same time I just I don't know I feed off of other people's energy that's why I like the podcasting yeah. thing I want to do the video stuff consulting that's my ideal day so like fr- work out and do the all that first stuff. couple of things that popped in my head is number one you could be a personal trainer because you love to work out so that's the thing that I would enjoy that no not so much cook no. you'd be a chef nope don't want to do that no, I just want, those are things I enjoy doing. I don't want to monetize. I want to monetize. I think I could monetize eventually is doing the film stuff, but really that's just a creative outlet, right? Just like I want to learn to make music. I'm heavy into that right now. Every day I've been doing my beats and yeah. melodies and stuff. Um, just getting better at that. That's one. The the film stuff's another one. And when I leave my full time, I'll transition into a consulting. Okay. Because I still have my company normally. So on the side. So, I mean, it's not that huge risk of leaving. It's just, that's why I still do the full-time thing. I, I think, see, you're, you're right where I was at with, towards the end where I just, I should have taken, I honestly, I should have left the bank a lot sooner than I did. And I just, one, one of my friends, uh, Kelly, um, uh, from Oscars, he, he was pushing me. He's like, he said, Mike, the right time is now. And I just didn't listen to him and waited a couple more years. And I finally did it and it was working. And he goes, see, I told you, I'm like, yeah, man, I should have left a couple of years ago, but walking away from that guaranteed cheddar, man, that's, it's hard. It's, I, I know firsthand it's hard to do. So, I mean, that's for me, I'm fine just being motivated and doing all that stuff because if I left and did everything full time, like I want to do, I don't think I'd be as successful at it right away. I need to transition. I think, I think you give your, you need to give yourself more credit, Greg, honestly, because you're one of the smartest people I know, honestly, swear to God, it's going to be like Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> Might be. I've had a couple bad tequila yet. Dude, you're Elon Musk. 
<laughs> well, you you got to figure out. I mean, come on, Elon Musk, is a smart guy. I mean, you, you, why, why, why are you will, not as smart as Elon Musk? I won't, you know, knock on myself, but let's uh, shoot your car um, out of space. No. <laughs> First, I got to start my car company. <laughs> oh my god, I, I think that once you really find out what you really are passionate about and what that is. Then you'll start thinking about how to make money doing it, and then it'll be it, it'll be quick it'll be quicker than you think. You you yeah. And I'm not I'm not really worried about it. The problem I have now is I make my big list of all I want to do, and I get kind of just overwhelmed with I want to do this 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 and this, and I focus on one and I want to get it done, but then I don't get it all done in that day. What? So the next day goes by. <laughs> That's everybody, bro. <laughs> I know, I know. But the next day goes by, and then I'm working, and then I work out, and I come home, and I'm like, well, I'm just kind of tired. And that's that grind, right? You get tired. So let me do it this weekend. So then I'm just, I'm delayed and things are slower, but really I think I just need the energy of someone else who's motivated to remind me like, Oh, Hey man, what are you working on? That kind of stuff that I will get the first thing done that I want to do. And that's why I look forward to talking to you because you, you motivate me. So also too, your, your situation with, with your job is different than my, everyone's situation is different, obviously than mine. I hated my job. Oh, I like my job. See, That's the difference. You, I you, like the people that's different. I like what I do. I have freedom to do what I want to do. Like if I get all my stuff done, I can just research whatever I want. See you. And that's what it used to be. You're all, you're all oh, great. You're already doing it. Honestly, you've, 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 you're living, I call it the life of Riley, where you don't hate your job. So if you don't hate your job, that's cool. And you're, you're making enough money. So that's what I want to do it all because that's one of the things that I enjoy doing, right? Because that's up to me. If I want to be complacent and lazy and say, well, I already set up all the sand and networking and core infrastructure, blah, blah, blah. Well, now I'm just going to chill and look at cats and funny stuff <laughs> on the internet. That's my fault. And then in two years, I'm like, well, I really deteriorated and my skill sucks now. And I'm just not with it anymore. Well, that's my fault. That's, that's your fault. I don't see that happening. Endless to you. problems for me to solve there and improve. And you know, I can say I want to get into this entirely different system. I want to get into freaking automation. Yeah, I can get into automation and PLCs and all that crazy stuff and programming robots. I could do that if I want to. Yeah. So that's up to me, and it's just me not to. And I won't get complacent because that's not who I am. Like I'm not that personality type of just I'm going to get lazy and do nothing. But that's why I think I'm I'm happy in my current situation. Yeah. It's a compromise though because I'm not fully going towards those other things. But my full time job is one of those things. So I'm kind of like spread out between four or five things that I really want to do. Well, maybe for you, it's picking one of the tertiary or the peripherals, one of those things, and spending all of your free time on that thing. Yeah, and that's been music lately. So I have been doing it. So there you go. See the the, the distinction I want to make is not that. Not that having a nine to five salary or, or, or wage job is bad. That's not what I want. That's not the point I want to get across. There's nothing wrong with having a job that you work for someone right. for and, and you, you get compensated. You're in control of your life. So what you want to do is focus on things that you want to do. That's if it. your job's one of them, include it in your repertoire yes. of all that stuff. I probably yes. said that. Repertoire. <laughs> if, you, if you love what you do at work, and for, that's fine. There's yeah. no, there's, you don't. You don't have to change that. That's not the that's not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is if you hate your job, if you hate what you do, if you can't stand your coworkers, you can't stand your company, you can't stand your girlfriend, get out of there. Anything, like anything, <laughs> anything in life, you hate it, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's the thing. And that's, that's what the coolest ama- thing about being an adult is you get to choose. You get to choose. You want to eat ice cream before bed? Do, do it. it. Do eat it. Eat fucking what you ice cream. Do. You're gonna be a fatty, but so what? Just you eat some ice it. cream. 
Do it. Order insulin. You have adult diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Just like Nike. Just do it. I mean, so many people that just, they're stuck in uh, terrible relationships for whatever reason. They're just the wrong you know relationships. Well, you know what it is for a lot of people? My guess is they have crappy friends. That, that, that people is People that are just very complacent. I, they talk about how crappy their job is. And you're like, yeah, man, I hate my job too. Let's meet up next Tuesday and do the same thing. Let's misery talk about how crappy our jobs are. Company. When I was reading the online last night, I read an article about this talking about people that are alone. And one of the things on there said, when asked if they had uh, a significant friend, 25% of respondents said no. 25% of people had no significant friendships. That's sad. That's terribly sad. And I stopped and I'm like, how many people do I have significant friendships with? And I, I lost track. Right, me too. And I'm like, I'm like, holy shit, I'm truly blessed. I have all these wonderful people in my life. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> and and I tra- and, then, and that's the thing too, is that there's only so much time in my day. So if I haven't reached out to you or to see you, it's just not because I don't care about you. It's just I'm just so busy trying to reach out and talk and care about everybody. And there's only so much time in my day. And I, I focused most of my time on people that reach out and contact me. And that's it's just fair. You know, I've, I've got some friends that I just try to get a hold of and try to get a hold of and this, this, and this, and they just they never, they never respond. Yeah, and it tapers off after a while. It, you it get tapers off. Of it. You I know? have friends that I had my whole life, and then it's like, we're going to be best friends forever. Nope. And then it just tapers off. I, there's not a, every year that goes by now as I get older, um, I actively remove people from my friends list in life. And for a variety of reasons. Do you have a, a, a list of people that are important to you in your life? I, it's not, well, I guess the, the list would be in my, in my phone, I guess. It's, yeah. Yeah. You know, I have a literally, list in my phone. It's like too. my favorites list and all that. And in mm-hmm. my head too. Um, you know, so that's, that's the thing. Cause they're, they're toxic. They're, they're negative. Uh, that's they're, a hard thing too. Cutting out negative people. In cutting your life. Out neg- I don't need it's that. It's a breakup. You have to it go is. through a breakup. I, and I've given people time to change. I'm 40 now. And, you know, some of the shit that was funny or, or amusing or able to deal with when you're 21 or tolerable at 30, I'm past that shit. We're 40. You know, the, the, the people that take pleasure out of other people's pain and other people's sorrow, I don't need that in my life. That's terrible. So those people have to go away. The people that cause drama just to cause drama that make up shit, I don't need that. Move on. Do your thing. You know what's great is being a positive person and having endless friends, right? Yeah. I feel like we're very similar that way. You decide the people that you want. You cut out toxic people. Yeah. So you eventually end up with a big group of awesome people yeah. that you can hang out anytime. You do. And compare that to what you said about most people don't have one close they friend. They, they don't They don't know how to friend. They don't have a life. And Which, is, are, are they miserable and is that why they don't have good friends for the most part? You could, think that's... It, it could be the it's just, that's chicken and the egg kind because of Because if they're really great people that are positive, but they just can't meet good people... Just like me in the dating grind right now. <laughs> they seek out the same. That's the thing. And I heard an expression a few years ago that's really stuck stuck to me is that if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Right. And it, when I was younger, I was like, no, nah, man, I'm the smartest person in the room. That's obviously I want to be in that room because I'm the smartest guy. The Duh. ego boost is the that best. The ego boost is great when you're 21, 22 and yeah. you're like that because you're I'm the smart guy. But then you get older, you realize that sucks. How am I supposed to grow? How am I supposed to learn a thing or, you know. Auto, autodidact you teach yourself all the time i i learn by doing that's right. really how i do and that's how i learned how to do all the shit in the truck and what do you how do you learn how to do that well i did it 
Well, how'd you do it? I got in there and I started right. turning wrenches. I did. I got a CNC machine. Well, how'd mm-hmm. you learn how to do that? I well, got you, it. you get the program and then you start learning. Pushing and buttons. You watch other people on YouTube. And oh, you, well, YouTube's wonderful for YouTube video. YouTube is oh wonderful. That's a resource I didn't have when I was growing up, taking shit apart. Oh my god, I love taking shit apart. That's the thing. I'm gonna start another channel. I've talked about that before, the YouTube channel yeah. thing. But my channel right now is Arcade Impossible. ArcadeImpossible.com. I never, it's not really a big thing for me, but it was a fun thing. It was like this cool diary of things I used to do yeah. with the arcade. Well, I think a lot of people that don't know me very well would be like, man, arcades must be like what you do all the time. It must be like your main passion. I, I thought it was for a while. Right. Huh? It's not. <laughs> and then I realized that it's that's not, just kind of a hobby. It was a great hobby. Yeah. Obviously, it went a little overboard. Well, well you say over, some people say overboard. I say I'm within balance. You still got room down there for more machines. I so. spaced out purchases. I got really good deals. It wasn't ridiculous. It makes you happy. Yeah. And, and to think the thing is, it doesn't make me happy for me. It makes me happy as a social thing to do with friends. It makes me happy coming over and playing a new fucking video game. That's great. Dude, we were playing Tempest right before the podcast. Uh, that was, was fun. Awesome. Tempest Seriously, is so good. I, I, I break about your shit. Like, oh, I'm with my buddy's arcade. He's, he's got a classic game arcade. What? Yeah. Right. Le- legit. It's, it's crazy. Fun. It's funny that you're able to do those things. And that's just me being an adult doing what I want to do. That's, that's your beach. That's what I call That's your beach. So my beach is in the driveway drinking Coors Light, slinging wrenches on the truck. That's my beach. Right. But I never I never go down there. I forget that that exists when really? I'm here in my house by myself. Oh, shit. I don't go down there and play. I mean, I, I try to a little bit and it's fun. Sure. But I have enough other stuff I want to do that that's not yeah. on my radar ever. That's good because you have you there's other things you should be doing. Yeah, honestly. exactly. <laughs> I don't play games that much and it's it's a social thing. That's what I like to do is like with friends and people, social activities. Like th- that bar thing that I built down there and hanging out with people and playing. I I was actually talking with my buddy Matt the other night. I was like, I want to have a regular night where any friends are invited over. And I think we're gonna do it like Thursday nights. Yeah. But any friends that want to come over between like uh, 7.30 and 9.30, yeah. that that's open. We're going to stream some games on Twitch. Yeah. We're gonna, we're I, can't find that, I can't find that Raider girl. We're going to buy that girl her mouse. Man, I can't find her. It's killing me. I don't know if she got that mouse <laughs> we'll or not. <laughs> and, uh, so for, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, there is a... Greg found out about Twitch. IRL streamers yeah, on Twitch. Greg and this girl was organizing Twitch. her game room. She had all And she had donations games. open so she could get a mouse for $60. She, she was had, at $25 she, last time okay. She had all the games. She makes sure arcade look like it doesn't even exist. She had like her Which walls is fun. were covered with video games. Right. That and she was hot. So, you know, there's that too. So. So, so I just, I place a lot of value on activities and things that I can do in a group. A social setting. Sure. Um, hot tub. Amazing. Hot tub. I do that by myself all the time. I though. do that by myself. I had hot tub too. Fuck. So good. Um, yeah, <laughs> just stuff like that. I don't know. Um, board games and stuff. The, we do we do, uh, we, we do game night uh, quite a bit, honestly, and uh, that's a lot of fun. Uh, we end up playing... What game we play Dominion? We, we played Dominion once. We had eight people. It was only a four-person game, yeah. so it took forever. forever. Well, it was a lot of fun, though. We play uh, the charades past the catchphrase. We play the That's shit out of that. That's a great one. I got that. It's awesome. We played that for four hours, man. It's fun. I'm really good at it. That's how I found out my ex-girlfriend didn't know who Will Smith was. Oh, my God. You say, hey, you should be getting it's jiggy with it. still a thing oh, that my friends bring up. my God. That's on the reg. Will she Smith. also didn't know what a cannon was. Canon, yeah, like a ca- thing. So let's end the podcast with that. <laughs> Thanks for uh, 
hanging out. Oh my God. This is, uh, this is sweet girl. Though. This is Mike with Rock Vegas <laughs> events. Our first podcast. I had a lot of fun, Greg. Thanks for coming out, man. Later. He, he gone.